Bring it in. Welcome to the Read Option Podcast, where your 2022 and 2023 NFL champions of Super Bowl 57 are the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, out dueling Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles 38 to 35. Um, one of the more exciting electric Super Bowls we had until, um, you know, a little bit of questionable officiating at the end uh, kind of left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, but as we say all the time, it's a lot more than just one call at the end. It's just, that's the thing that people think of. That's the thing that kind of will stick in people's minds. Um, and the thing that takes the Super Bowl from being, you know, what should have been an all time top five, 10 Super Bowl, if, if not higher to a really, really awesome, entertaining Super Bowl that um, will be remembered for a lot of reasons. So the boys are here. Scotty Vito is back from from the Super Bowl. Uh, boots on the ground. Uh, how is everybody doing? Man, um, you know, it, a lot of mixed emotions. Um, just super blessed to even have the like chance to go to a Super Bowl and see it again with my best friend and see Grant play and um, – you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but at the end of the day, it's just a bummer. So close, but uh, man, you know, still an incredible feat to to get there. It's wild. Um, you know, I was, we were talking after the game, and like even Tom Brady, you know, what lost three and went to one seven, and he's still like you guys saw in his golf thing with Peyton, where like Peyton brought up Eli, and Tom was like, hey, like kind of like cut that shit out. Like even it's still sensitive to a guy who's won seven. So yeah, uh, you got to feel for the guys who lost and, um, and we'll, we'll get into all the different reasons, you know, for and, and, and against the chiefs and, and, you know, congrats to the chiefs. Right. I, I think, you know, we're all Eagles fans or we're all rooting for the Eagles on this pod. So you got to start off with that. Congrats to the chiefs, our boy, JT all-time listener right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a, he's from Kansas city and good for him. Good for you guys. I have to say, Mahomes, Mahomes is the most impressive athlete I've ever seen in person. Period. Yeah. I, I I really like Saquon was there for me. Uh, Mariota in college, yeah. I saw at Oregon, his Heisman year. Uh, Mahomes is no matter what's happening, that dude just puts out like a dead point accurate pass out of any situation. Um, and and that's that might be my biggest takeaway in five years when you ask me, right? Like it was yeah. like fuck yeah, I'm glad I got to see Mahomes do the thing. Yeah, it's fun. That was actually on my list of things yeah. I want to ask you about the Super Bowl. Just watching him in person. Um, I mean, he's he's unbelievable. Watching uh, on TV, watching him in person has got to be it's got to be something special, man. Um, he's he's an all timer. I mean, at, at this point, I think it's. I'll say this, and I've often boiled down the goat conversation to be two conversations: it's the goat versus the boat, right? Who is yeah. the greatest? Your greatest is what's your resume, right? What what did you accomplish? Uh, in your respective sport the boat is who's the most talented and there's never been another human that can do what Patrick Mahomes does um I mean I still can't get over the Jordan Davis tackling him to the ground and yet he finds a way to hit Travis Kelsey in the I think it was the first quarter first or second quarter yeah hits Travis Kelsey for a first down 
and you're like, like, and he's halfway to the ground throwing it sidearm. And that wasn't even like one of the top five plays you're going to remember from the Super Bowl. And it's just, he does it so routinely. It's crazy. As good as he is, to be fair, like there was, and uh, you know, all season long, but especially when I was watching the the conference title game two weeks ago, and then in the Super Bowl last or this past weekend, it's like Jalen Hurts does that too, and it's like, how do you yeah. stop this guy? No, uh, I, so so there's shades of that, and it's pretty cool to see another quarterback on the come up like that too. Yeah, uh, Mahomes is is just un, unreal. You're right. I mean, Jalen. I mean, what's crazy is like with the performance that that Mahomes had. Again, if you told me, "Hey, you're keeping Mahomes to under 200 yards passing," you're like, "Damn, that's that's a really good that's a really good omen." And what's funny about this game is I I've found myself saying a lot of that. Like, if you had told me this would happen, if you told me the Eagles had uh, the second highest third down percentage at 61 percent um, in NFL history, second only to their first it, Super Bowl win in 2017. Yeah. Right. Like if you had told me this, if you told me that, you know, going into the game, so many of those things, I would have been like, that's a win for the Eagles. That's a win for the Eagles. Even after Eagles, even after, if you don't look at the score, if you just look at the box score and the stats, like blindly, you'd be like, oh, well, that team won like definitively. And that would be the Eagles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's just it's it's crazy. There's 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 a million things um, in this game. And um, obviously. It's been a rough couple of days. Uh, I think that's probably safely assumed well, by everyone listening. As I said to you, buddy, uh, join the club of uh, of Super Scotty, Bowl. This isn't about Patrick you. Mahomes this this is not quarter. about you. We're not we're not turning this into a, a Niners pity party. They've been doing that's that right. to themselves for the last two weeks since they got curb stomped by the Eagles. All right. That's we're true. not doing any pity party here for the Niners. Let Debo Samuel do that on SXM NFL radio <laughs> like he did all fucking week. Uh, let Robbie Gould go out there and fucking bitch like yeah. he was. God, the Niners are the worst group of losers I've ever fucking seen in my life. Yeah, um, and we're the best they, group they of winners could, too. So no, no, they could they could take a note. I will say this: they can take a big note, Jeff. Like we were talking about from the Eagles, because for sure, all the fans. You can point at the last play. You can point at a couple things, and and Bradbury's response. All all of the Eagles' response, top to bottom, was like. This doesn't come down to one play. We're not going to bitch no. about the officiating. This is on us. And like the professionalism out of that group was just I, I, like I, I got to say, I was there. I was at the Eagles after party, man. And those guys walking through, head, heads held high. Like it, it was impressive to see the men in, in that locker. It, they were men, and it's, yeah. it was inspiring. It really was. And from a, a second year coach, a second year starting quarterback. Obviously, they have their vets on that team, but I mean, across the board, it's a young team. You know, I mean, outside of Lane and Jason, um, Fletch, BG, uh, so many of those guys are 30, 30 years or younger, man. I mean, like, there's not a whole lot of old vets there, right? Um, And look, I mean, you said it, Vito, hats off to the Chiefs. Um, Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, I mean, they, and, it's a shame you can't give MVP awards to coaches because that's that's who the MVP of the Super Bowl was. It was it was the coaching staff for the Kansas City Chiefs. It was Andy Reid. It was Eric Bieniemy. Um, they flat out pantsed Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon got so horrifically outcoached in this game, um, it was embarrassing. And, and it's amazing now we find out today he got the head coaching job at Arizona. And look, I've been saying this all year about Gannon. Show me whatever numbers you want. 
I don't, I'm not, I will never, and I have not ever bought into Jonathan Gannon. I don't care what Sirianni says. I don't care what the, the players on the team say. The numbers bear out, and, and Gannon's offense is very simple. He will let you win in the running game, but he will not let you beat them over the top, and that works. That works against good and below quarterbacks. The second you play anybody who's good to great, you're going to be in trouble. And unfortunately, in order to win this game, the Eagles had to play almost perfectly on offense, and they damn near did. But that is a lot to ask of your offense when you have a young team as talented as they are, the pieces they have on that defensive line in that secondary. I thought Gannon had his worst performance of the year. Um, he waited until he got beat for two touchdowns on the same play to switch to man-to-man. And when he switched to man-to-man, they ran the same concept with that that short um, motion and then the wheel route on the outside of it. Yeah. And Bradbury got tagged for the hold after he got a, after he adjusted. There was just nothing. There's nothing. Um, I get it. Like the long term, his numbers, like o- over the course of the season, people will tell me that I'm wrong. I don't care what you say. I know what I see with my eyes. I know what's what's happening on this field every time they go out and play. And Andy Reid, a brilliant, one of the best to ever do it. And Eric Bieniemy and the continuity of that offense, the fact that they've been together for so long that they were able to sit there and say, okay, hey, you guys are going to be playing, you know, cover six against us. Cool. You're going to be blitzing for the weak side of this. Cool. I remember when we beat that against the Patriots in 2019, right? Oh, now you're going to be running a a cover zero, right? Okay. I remember when we faced the Steelers and they did that and because they have the experience and that's ultimately what happened. Gannon got outclassed. He didn't make adjustments. um, And Mahomes got the ball out so fast, so quickly, so efficiently, that it was it was a knife running through butter, man. It was it was so easy for Patrick Mahomes in the second half there. And the only reason they didn't they weren't as successful in the first half, and the numbers are so skewed, is because they got seven free points from J- yeah. Jalen Hurts. Um, and and look, Jalen made one mistake all game, and that was it. And it was a huge one. Um, but that doesn't take away from how brilliant Jalen was. Uh, and it's the fact that you know the Eagles were able to maintain control, right? A couple of offside penalties fourth and ones, third and ones, right? They were taking the play clock down to the one the entire game, um, which was the smart strategy. And they were able to, it was 42 plays to 20 plays in the first half, 22 plays to 42 to 20, a 22 play advantage for the Eagles. And that's why they held them to seven points offensively. But obviously the touchdown there um, kind of skews it there for, for Kansas city. So. No, it was, it was definitely a noticeable different first and second half, both from the, I mean, uh, really, right. When you think about it, if you were to, uh, and we talked about this, if you were to say, and and just realistically, if you were going to say, I'm going to hold, you're going to hold KC to 31 points on offense, you might take that. Yeah. And you probably do. And with the Eagles offense. Yeah. Well, well and, that, and that's the thing. We knew that the Eagles defense wasn't going to be able to compete. I don't know why. I mean, maybe you guys can tell me because again, in the stadium versus out is totally different, but like Kelsey was just a monster in the first half and he kind of faded away. And yeah. I'm guessing that was some of the adjustments, but what ended up happening, uh, I don't know how you want to break this down, Jeff, but my, my initial thoughts on that first or second, it just like, man, in that first half, the Eagles defense came to play. They got a couple of negative plays on the runs. And then I feel like KC was just like, like, all right, we'll make some adjustments. And then everything they did in the second half running, passing didn't matter. It worked. They scored every time. They were they were moving their red zone offense, and the Eagles had a couple drives that stalled right, right around the red zone area. Yeah, the field we, goal we in the third quarter. The yeah. field goal in the third quarter, I think, was the biggest um, 
and part of that was the Quez Watkins drop on that drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, you got to take that and go up two scores for yeah, sure. Like you have I mean, <laughs> well, and that's why again, right? You know, I, I look at this and the, and I had a couple buddies and people reach out to me, and and my one friend John texted me and he said, 60 words or less. What do you think happened last night?" And this this was yesterday morning, and I said, "Why?" Well, to send him back one sentence, I said. If you give Patch Mahomes seven free points, you're not going to win the football game. Yep. Like honestly, and like we can we yeah. can we can tack on whatever you want, right? If if they score a touchdown there, they go into halftime 21 to 7 instead of 24 to 10. All of a sudden, or 24 to 14, all of a sudden that field goal doesn't kill you because you're still up two scores. The fact that they got to a point where they had to score touchdowns, which you have to do anyway to, to, to beat Mahomes, but they had a gift in the second quarter, right? What do we talk about all season with this Eagles team? The second quarter. They scored 17 in the second quarter of this game. Offensively, they were amazing. The seven points Kansas City got came when the Eagles' offense was rolling at its best. They had just thrown the deep ball to A.J. Brown. The the vibes were immaculate with this Eagles' offense. And then the biggest play, Isaac Sayamalu on third and one with the unstoppable play. A false start on third and one. You can't make stupid mistakes like that, a especially flinch. on a play, a, a play, flinch. a play that you know is going to work. You know they were going to get that first down easily because they did it all game. Anytime they broke into their short yardage thing, the Eagles got it. Even on uh, from two yards out on the second Jalen Hurts touchdown, or the yeah. third Jalen Hurts Three. touchdown, the one in the fourth quarter, he was he would they were on the two and a half yard line and they still were able to get it in because he's that good. Chris Jones jumped over the pile to try to stop it and yeah. they still couldn't stop it. So for say a <laughs> to jump the butterfly effect of that, then the next play on third and six. And what's funny is I stood there in front of the TV at the bar talking to uh, the owner and I said, but pre-snap, I said, they opened up everyone else. Jalen made a call at the line. I said, he's going to keep it. It's going to be a QB keep because everything opened up. And it was great defensive play call by Spags because they dropped one of their defensive ends back. I think it was Frank Clark to fill up the hole where Jalen was going to run. And he fell into it. He tried to transfer the ball to his running arm, and it was gone. And that seven points right there completely, yeah. completely fucks you for the rest of the game. And I love Jalen. And there's like – it sucks too because the biggest and most important play you could go back and pin on Sayamala. You could obviously pin it on Jalen Hurts. But even with all of that, again, if you had told me the Eagles are up 10 at halftime, I'm taking that. I'm taking yeah. that 10 times out of 10 with the way that this Eagles team is able to run the ball. However, it's very simple, right? The way that second half played out was very simple. We say at the beginning of every year, right? We all fall in love with the new wide receivers, the new running backs, the skill position guys. It's the line of scrimmage. And on both sides, the Chiefs dominated. The Chiefs kicked the Eagles' offensive line's ass, which we have not seen a team do all season. And the offensive line kicked the shit out of Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox and all of those guys. And if you want to say the field turf, whatever, say whatever you want. It was on both sides. Both teams had to play on it. And it sucks that they decided to use this weird experimental uh, grass that had never been used before. And the Super Bowl is when they crack it out because it fucked both teams, but both teams had to deal with it. And yet it didn't slow down the Chiefs defensive line. I mean, yeah, there were no sacks. Technically, there was one sack that was Jalen running out of bounds two yards short, but there was no actual sacks in this game. And yet the Eagles couldn't run the ball. 
The, the Chiefs completely sold out and said, we're going to test Jalen's shoulder. And what did I tell both you guys, right? We were going to figure out what this game was going to look like on the first two drives when we see what Mahomes looks like and what Hurts looks like. Hurts unleashed a deep ball, even though it didn't get completed on the opening drive. And I said, that's him telling them, my arm is good. You better watch out. And what did he do all day? Have no problem pushing it downfield. And no problem. So, so his shoulder was fine. Mahomes comes out in the first half, completely fine. Looks great. Even re-injures the ankle right, right before halftime. Whatever they shot him up with, he was fine. If that play, oh, happens what a on phony the first, this guy! If that play, uh, all he does is limp play, when he's running. A, no, it wasn't a fake. <laughs> no, game. dude, they no. shot him up with something. But if that same play happens on the first play of the, thir- of the third quarter, it's totally different because he doesn't get the damn time to go to the locker room, the forty-five minutes or whatever with the halftime yeah. show. Um, it's totally different. So, I mean, there's a million ways to break this down. I mean, I'm I am proud of my team. It was an awesome, awesome game. I'm a, I mean, Jalen Hurts put together arguably one of the top two or three best quarterback performances in the Super Bowl of all time. Um, the stat that I think kicked me in the dick the most, um, going into this this Super Bowl, all time, 39-0 AFC, NFC Championship games in Super Bowl when a team scores 35 or more points. 39-0. The Eagles are the first team to score 35 or more points in a conference championship or a Super Bowl and lose. And that goes back to Jonathan Gannon, terrible, terrible game management, terrible game plan, um, lack of adjustments, no pressure. The offensive line of the Kansas City, they definitely had a little bit of nobody believes in us. And the oh, Eagles yeah. pass rush just could, couldn't get there. And part of that's Mahomes too, because I said yeah. this to Scotty before we started recording. I would love to know what the average time holding on to the ball was for Mahomes, right? From snap to release, it had to have been under, two, under three seconds. I mean, even – even incorporating the way the plays that he's scrambling, he got the ball out so fast, so fast. And honestly, like I, I thought he had a lot of time, at least from my perspective, like he, he just had the time. And then when it got close, he didn't care. He didn't get flustered. He didn't give a shit. He, he, he didn't care if he was getting hit. He'll take it. He literally is the first quarterback I've seen. He'll like be getting hit and still be like reading a defense and be like, Oh, I'll get it out right here. Like it's incredible. And, yeah. and I'll, I gotta say from my, from, from my standpoint, the Eagles not getting pressure on defense. I was shocked that at some point in the second half, they start dialing up more blitzes. I was just shocked because at some point you had to do something different because after the, I, I, and you guys probably know better than me again from, from on TV, like I, I, they scored every time in the second half and they just moved the ball at will. And it was just, it was a different game. you got to change it up. But I was shocked that the Eagles players on the defensive line did not generate any pressure by themselves. That's their game. That's what the team's been set up on all year, and they couldn't pull through when it mattered the most. And and to your point, the Chiefs' offensive line and defensive line deserve all the credit. And Mahomes and Kelsey are something special, absolutely. And I, w- I would have loved to have seen this game on a turf field. I mean, I, I hate, yeah. I hate, I hate using it. I know players prefer grass, but like, it really did affect, particularly Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. I mean, the, the amount of clips and stuff that came out where it's just like they have they have guys beat, right, because they're so fast and they love to bend the outside, right, and get around them. And the amount of times, and those guys are so athletic and their bend is so ridiculously good, both of them, there were times that they tried to do it and they just – the wheel slipped out from under them, man. And on one play, Sweat, Reddick, and Mahomes all slipped on the same play. Like, the, the, whoever yeah. made this decision and engineered this thing should be fired. Like, this is a – this is un – Un, again, it's embarrassing for the league. Like it's it is. I think this is more embarrassing than than the the holding call at the end. I would agree. 
you know, um, which I do want to get to in a second here. But um, for, I'll be yeah, honest. for the billion dollar industry or billions dollar industry that uh, the NFL what? is for the biggest game of the year to be uh, the biggest one of the biggest factors is the turf condition. Can't even get proper footing. I mean, there were and, articles like, written about this. There were TV yeah. segments done like they were hyping this up as if it's the most revolutionary grass that we've ever seen. And it just completely, completely backfired. And it, it yeah. I mean, look, and again, both teams had to play on it. And this goes back to what you were saying before, Vito, right? The Eagles players being mature, handling it the right way um, and stuff. And I'm sorry, there is no real rhyme or reason to this podcast. A lot of it's just like, honestly, it's kind of therapeutic. I, I you guys, like, like I need to be able played- to talk about it, but. You guys both played football. I did not. I played baseball. But you guys both played football. What was your favorite grass to play on? What turf? Honestly, um, bro, I was in Southern California. I think everyone was turf. We didn't really have that much grass. I I played on both. Um, I know, like playing baseball, I always preferred turf. Um, I, I just it, everything every hop you'd get was clean in football. Um, Turf sucks to get tackled on, man. And it's really, it's really tough just on your body. Turf, turf burn, dude. It's, it's just, just it, the compression. Yeah. So I always like okay grass, but a lot of times I get, I got stuck playing on that like northwestern style, like north, like the you know the yeah. northwestern university. They have the crazy long, thick grass. Like a lot of like the fields I played on in high school, but like a good manicured grass field. Um, is is by far my favorite for sure. Well, Kentucky um, bluegrass, ryegrass. What are we talking? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I didn't know what. I don't know any of that. Shit. I loved <laughs> uh, what I love about turf is it gets so hot, and I, I I always liked that because I felt like I was conditioned fine. We're like, bring it on, come on in, let it well, be. I hated the little field. pellets you know the, in my in my cleats. I hated well, those. You know the there was a lawsuit because a lot of turf fields used uh old tires to create those little rubber pellets, and then when it yeah. would get hot, it would melt and then release toxic fumes and there were cases and i believe it was in maryland um where uh this company we have those tires we definitely have those tires fuck kids got yeah because kids were getting cancer um so not yeah not great um and obviously the tone of this pod isn't isn't super positive to begin with but didn't probably didn't need to add that on top of it um let's take a let's take a break um i want to talk about i want to talk about the holding call uh, I want to I want to give Mahomes and, and Hertz and I really do want to talk about Hertz some more because I mean he deserves it um, and there's a lot more we can we can kind of get to but uh, off the bat that's kind of the initial thoughts I'll take a break we'll be back in just a sec. All right, so we're going to talk about the holding call here in a second. Uh, we're going to talk some Jalen Hurts. We're going to talk down kind of the four or five main kind of key plays in this game that separated it. Uh, and then we want to get Vito's tales from the Super Bowl um, because obviously that's an unbelievable experience, and we're excited to hear more about that. Um, the holding call. So here's my yeah. here's my here's my stance on it. Um, it's it's very much like getting pulled over for going sixty five and a sixty, right? It's ninety yeah. percent of cops are not going to pull you over for it, and. There's 10% that will, right? By the letter of the law, are you are you going over the speed limit? Yeah. Should you get pulled over for it? Absolutely not. Um, by the letter of the law, James Bradbury said it himself, he held him. Is that how the game had been officiated? Is that the right time to make that call? Um, no, it's not. And, and it's no. that simple. It, to me, it's, so, it, was, it was a hold. 
I don't think it should have been called. I think they took away what should have been um, an all-time ending to a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. And instead, we were left, like I said, at the top with this kind of sour taste in our mouth. But at the end of the day, it was it was the right call based off of the letter of the law. And it's can I ask you one? Can I ask you one question there, Jeff? Sorry, sure. Scotty. Um, so, uh, te- you know, everyone said that, but and to your point, they hadn't called that all game no, on either side. In the regular season, how often do you think that gets called? On any play, screw the end of the game. Just on any play, how often do you think that it gets called? I mean, I'm thinking we're below 50%, but what what do you think? I don't know, man, 50-50. I think that comes down to individual, like, uh, you know, officiating crews. Like, there are some crews that would call that pretty routinely, and there's some that probably wouldn't have called it all season. So I I think it probably boils down to about 50-50. In this Super Bowl, based off of what they were letting them get away with, um, I know by my count alone, going back and rewatching the game, um, I counted at least 10 uh, moments where the Eagles had illegal uh, ineligible players downfield on passing plays and they didn't call it, which is something the Eagles, Eagles got tagged for all oh, season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, was a ref, that was a point of uh, whatever they say, the point of emphasis yeah. on, the, on the referees. And, and the thing is, too, is I thought the game was officiated beautifully until that point. Even even the catch, no catch stuff, right? Like the the Devontae Smith, Devontae I, one, I, yeah. I still think that's a catch, but I understand why they, they overturned it. The Dallas Goddard one, I think they nailed. The Miles Sanders catch fumble um, versus, you know, incomplete pass. Wild. I think I think they nailed that one too. Like I think they got the right calls in every situation, which is kind of what makes this suck even more. Which is this that it was very out of character from how the rest of the game was officiated, and it was at one of the most, if not the most pivotal moment of the game. That's this is where I get hung up, right? Because as a, a football fan, you you look at that, and you, yes, by the letter of the law, that is that is holding, that is a penalty. But Vito, you were at the game. For those of us watching on TV, and Jeff, I don't know how much you heard, but even Mike Pereira, who's who was the rules analyst for Fox, was like, "Yeah, mm, not sure I would have called that in this situation." Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, then you get to the the debate of to play devil's advocate, like, well, how are you going to officiate a game differently because it's five minutes left in the fourth quarter, or less than that, even at at the time of that penalty versus um, versus the rest of the game. Right. Like if you put everything aside, put the moment aside, it, it, it's still like the, the question becomes why you, why you would officiate differently. Um, and and Correct. again, I, I get it. Um, I, I get why you make that call because again, like letter of the law, but like, I don't at the biggest moment of, of the biggest point turning point of the biggest game of the year. Um, I, 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 I'm with you, Jeff. That one's got to stay in the pocket. I think for me, what we saw, I, again, great officiated game. The only thing I didn't understand was the Devontae drop, but going back and seeing it, I thought he got three feet in, so the out-of-bounds didn't but matter. Yeah, and you were saying that during the game. He did get three feet, but it was whether or not he had full possession of exactly. it. For all and that's what, I texted, that's what I texted yeah. back. Yeah, I was like, no. if anything, it was the, the second step was the one with the possession. possession. That was the one out-of-bounds, and, and which sense, was the third real step. Yeah, and, and so again, like to your point, that okay, in this it, you, again, you miss a lot of things live. Fuck, I thought Devontae's catch two weeks ago was a good one. Um, but when you get to that end of the game, looking at that play, and to your point, Jeff, because I was able to download the game and watch it on, I've been on three flights since the Super Bowl, which is kind of wild. But uh, 
like after sitting down and watching it a couple on a couple of different planes and just look like going back and looking and watching the replays that they threw up like went through i just don't understand in that situation why you're calling the hold there um yeah there was a tug on the jersey but it was it was quick even it was so quick that was not yeah. a long time and benign. Right? It, wasn't, it didn't it didn't impede the route really I, it didn't seem like he slowed him down that much it maybe a little but it didn't seem like he altered what was catchable and not catchable maybe you got to reach out well, a little more maybe, so maybe that's it's a little different so that's part of this rule which is that catchability only matters in pass interference not holding exactly calls, which it should matter for both I and mean, Mahomes over five yards. Yeah, Mahomes. Because I feel like the five yard thing too. Sorry, sorry, Jeff. No, no, I good. feel like the five yard thing. Also, it, you're you're calling holding, but he's within five yards. You're allowed to jam. They never, I, I, not never. I shouldn't say they very rarely. NFL officials are very rarely called holding in the yeah. first five yards. Even you'll see yeah. guys that are getting pressed, getting both hands from the corner on the receiver, and then after five yards. That's when they'll let go and they'll let it go. They're fine. Yeah. Right. It, I could not believe it. And they, they typically, yeah. I think the, the letter of the law is, is two yards of hand. Like you're allowed to hand fight for two yards within five yards. You're right. It turns into that gray area where they usually don't call it. I think the big one here, and this is something you'll see a lot. And I, I went back and rewatched um, Super Bowl 52, the morning of the Super Bowl. It's one of my traditions before the Super Bowl every year. Usually the night before I watched the Eagles Super Bowl from the year that they won. Um, and there was a very uh, pivotal holding call on, um, I think it was Malcolm Jen- uh, Jenkins um, in the second half of that game against Dallas. And the reason they called it uh, was because he had his hand on the hip and it was in the, it was in the top of a break as he was turning. Right. And that's this same thing happened uh, in the Niners Eagles uh, game, Scotty with AJ Brown, right? If you yeah. make contact and you have your hand on a receiver in the middle of his break it muddies the water as to how much of the the movement, how much of the turn was from the player guarding the defensive back was, did he pull on the hip and how much of it was the player's break? And the fact that his hand was on the hip as Juju planted his foot to then take that little, that little Ohio route, right? That little wheel route on the outside blends it to be like, well, because even on, on the, on the TV broadcast, they didn't know which part of the play was the hold. Yeah, and like, Greg they Olson were like, was right oh, on wait, it. Was he was this? like, I didn't, there was nothing. He was like, there. was it at the top of the break here? Oh, no, maybe it was here that they, it wasn't clear enough to know at which point, like in real time, was there a hold, which makes it even more confusing as to why you'd call it. Again, and the, my least favorite sports person on the internet is screenshot guy. The guy who takes a screenshot of yeah. like, and we've talked about this before with Russ, you know, missing some touchdown passes this year, right? Uh, and very rarely is the screenshot guy ever accurate. There was one screenshot where you see James Brown, Bradbury with a with a fistful of 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 jersey, and the amount of people online being like, "What are you talking about? Clear, easy call right here." It's like, dude, if you're taking a <laughs> oh still, yeah at like, 100 miles take, an hour, yeah, you can't can't take a still shot and think that you're smarter than everyone else. Well, I mean, if it, it's just it, again, it all comes down to context. Like officiating is about context in big games, and, and think about however, the positioning too. Right. Like, yeah. And, and the same thing happened on the Malcolm Jenkins when you talked about in, in the in the previous Eagles Super Bowl, when that guy is inside the receiver, the guy making that call is, is the sideline guy, the sideline judge. Yeah. Because that's who has the position. And yeah. if the if the defenders inside all the all the referees is Jersey 
done. And that's yeah. it. If he sees white, a uh, white Jersey coming out that the, the yellow flags coming out. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it, it's just, you have to understand the context of that. It's more frustrating in that, you know, I could go and probably find more egregious hold, you know, holds that weren't oh, yeah. called in that game. Right. Um, zero offensive holding in the, in this game. Um, they were letting them play right. And holding on both sides in coverage and on the offensive line, you can call in every single play in the NFL, every single play, if you want to. Um, and that's why, like, to me, it's like on in a regular season game in the first quarter, first snap of a game, it has to be egregious. Like you have, it has to be clear, absolutely obvious. And nothing about that call was clear, or obvious, even though you can go back and watch the play and still see that. Yeah, it was a hold. Bradbury said it himself, but to your point, Vito, I don't think the majority of the time that gets called in the regular season. I think the majority of officiating crews don't call that. Um, I think it just depends on which officiating crew you would have that day. So overall, in the course of the season, if you ran that play a hundred times, it probably gets called 30 times, maybe, you know, and that's just assuming that you have flag happy groups. And what sucked is just this whole game, they were just letting two teams play. Right. Yeah. And that's what was awesome was like throughout the, the small mistakes, everything else. And we'll, we'll get on to some of the other stuff I want to get to here in a second. But for the most part, like this Super Bowl was awesome. Like the plays that the, both offenses were unbelievable. Like I said before, Jeez. like the, the two things we I said going into this game, how did we would know on the first two drives? Mahomes looked good. Hurts looked good, which meant it was going to be a shootout. If both teams yep. looked good offensively, it meant it was going to be a shootout. And it was. And the fact that like the Eagles could have had the ball back with two and a half minutes, two timeouts, right? And, you know, down three points, like, even if they That's win, the lose, tie, send into overtime, you just feel better about the fact knowing that, like, the Eagles would get a shot, you know? It wasn't like yep. the Bengals game where, like, the Osai penalty, like, that was very obvious. Like, they had to make that call. Totally, They did not have to make this call. They had to make the Joseph Osai play against the Bengals. They had to make that call. They did not have to make this call. And the fact that they did – took away what would have been a really awesome final two minutes, whether the, cause I would have felt so much better about the loss. If the Eagles got one more chance and they, they got it down, even if it's a missed field goal, or even if they go into overtime and, and then lose to Mahomes, like I would have felt so much better about that than what we ended up seeing, which was just the air go out of the balloon. And Vito, like, what was the feeling in this, in the stadium actually after that holding call? Cause it felt, I mean, to, to the people I was with, like it just felt like the air got sucked out of, of the room. It's just like, all right, well, that's the game now. People were in disbelief, but I've never used that word. And and I I didn't understand fully the context of that word until I was in this literal situation. Like I didn't believe the reality in front of me. I didn't believe it. I was like, there's no way they just threw threw that. Like it was right in front of us. And we were like, that wasn't like, no, like, and to your point, everyone would be commenting all game, man, this is awesome. There's no holdings. We're not getting in there. They're not getting rushed. But hey, if they're not going to call it, they're not calling on either side. Yeah. We'll take that any day. And as we were watching that game, after that, that play was thrown, I mean, I, I'm not talking just Eagle fans. People were in disbelief in that stadium because we had some Chiefs fans around us too. And they were like, no way. It wasn't like, hell yeah. Like we got it. It was just like, no way. I like From- no one believed that happened. From your vantage point, because Jeff, if I recall correctly, to me, at least maybe on the broadcast, the flag came out pretty late compared yeah. to compared to when it happened out. in the play. I didn't see the, the play was dead, it was over, it was overthrown, and then all of a sudden uh Kevin Burkhart goes, Oh, there's a pen. 
on the ten. Yeah, man, Mahomes, Mahomes, like freaked out about it right away. So again, I yeah. don't know if that played into it, right? You see, you see, of Mahomes course. freak out, and I mean, like, that's what you're supposed to do. The guy who threw the flag that, was pretty far. That's what I mean, yeah. like, but like you know, like that's that stuff happens. It happens in yeah, basketball. He's gonna do that. Happens in basketball yeah. all the time. Like the way that people like react to certain. You see it in the NFL, right? You know, the late pass interference that comes in after the wide receiver gets up and freaks out about it, and they get trained to react that way, right? It's the same thing when there's a fumble and, and you're you're pointing this way, whether you have any idea one way or another, whether or not your team actually has the ball, you you right. point, you go, no, 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 ball, 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 right? Um, but, and I and I, obviously we've spent a decent amount of time talking about this here, but I, I do want to say it again. This wasn't what why the Eagles lost. This isn't why the Chiefs Agreed. won. Um, yeah. It was a really shitty way. And I think it did affect the outcome of the game, but it wasn't the reason why the Chiefs won. There was you know, what, 58 minutes or 57 and a half minutes of football that got played before this play. Um, And it sucks that it seemed like the Eagles finally got the stop that they needed in the second half, which they didn't have the whole time. Um, And then it gets, it gets taken away like that. Um, However, and we talked about this beforehand, and I think we can add maybe a player or two to it as well. Vito, you had had four plays and I think we all universally agreed on the four plays that were the big ones in this game, which starting off the Jalen hurts fumble, Right, which Number I think one. you can you can pair that with Sayamalu false start. I, I I don't know which is worse. I think honestly, I think the Sayamalu false start is worse um, because you have that first down. You know, you have that first down, and then Hertz yeah, is never the in that. Yeah. Hertz is never in that situation if it's not for the false start. Um, but you know, it, they're two different plays, and there were mistakes made on both of them that cost the Eagles huge. Right, butterfly effect. One led to the other, and um, you know, you don't have the Hertz fumble if it's not for the Sayamalu one, which is why I think it stings sure. a little bit more. And I think to your point, even earlier, like the false start first, it's mental. It's inexcusable. It's that that's it. You start there. You move to the next play. You may not love the call. Everyone was wide, but to your point, that defense, I, I, I saw it before that play. They had the they had numbers in the box at least. Mm-hmm. And on a third and six, I didn't think running with a QB was the play. Listen, who am I to second guess what was happening on offense? Right. Clearly, they know more than I. But uh well Hertz broke off a 28 play, yard run later exact, in the game. Like the doing, next series, they drove on down. fourth on fourth and five. Fourth yeah, and they, five the at, next... the, at the 50 yard line. He had it in the second half. So it's like the, the only way the Eagles were running the ball successfully the entire game was QB design runs. But I do think that 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 was that was that was everyone spread wide and he was like, I'm taking this. But I think the numbers Hertz just checked it there. at the line. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and to me, that was like that was a little strange, but Again, the next drive, I I was so impressed with the response. We'll get to Jalen, I think, because they went right. They went right back to it. Oh my god! And and right away, he just was like, "I'm taking this ball," and he lowered his shoulder. Was like, "I need contact. I want to just play football." Yeah, Um, it was. I think he had like a six or seven, six or seven yard run on the next right on the next play. Yep, and so, but to your point, so it was that play, that play. Um, The other ones we identified, the punt. Yeah, go ahead. I I mean the the punt punt play. Um, and the and the punt also gets intertwined, I think, with the decision to not go for it. Fourth and three, they're on their own 33-yard line, and it's the second half. The Chiefs have been able to score on you at will and move the ball, right? So why not go for it there? Like, I and and that's the thing too. It's like Sirianni has made his bread all year. Fourth and fourth and two, right on their own 35 against the Niners two weeks ago. Fourth and three on your own 33. You know Mahomes is moving the ball on you anyway. Your defense hasn't gotten a stop the entire second half. Why aren't you going for it, 
right? That's what that has been your bread and butter all year being aggressive. It's paid out for you, right? At least give your offense a chance. Like the defense was, was paper thin on the secondary. They were, they were terrible in the second half. Mahomes is going to get the ball down there. Anyway, as it turns out, he gets the ball in the five, which revisionist history. I get it. A perfect punt yeah. there. Maybe things turn out differently, but your defense hasn't done anything. You have to dance with the one that brought, you know, with the one that brought you. And for Sirianni, that was being aggressive. And we saw it at times, but that was another opportunity. The Eagles were two for two going for it on fourth down in this game. They could have been three for three. And that would have been a huge momentum shift. If they get that fourth and three, because at that point you're down one. So, if the Chiefs go down and score anyway, they get a short field. You're getting the ball back with with more time on the clock. And what we saw was the Eagles went down, scored, and got the two-point conversion anyway. Yeah. So going for it on fourth and three there, I think, was the correct call. But they decided to punt it. And Sipos, who hadn't pun- punted since the first Giants game back in November, had a great punt his first time. And then yep. a 38-yard shank of a punt to the wrong side of the field to a dangerous returner absolutely destroyed them. And credit to Tony, who had a phenomenal return. He got a huge head of steam. Um, because it was such a low, it was a, it was a terrible punt. I mean, it was a A low line driver. He had 10 yards to pick up speed before anybody was there. Um, And then, yeah, of course it was an incredible return. He found the wall, got it all the way down to the five yard line. Don't know how he stayed in bounds as long as he did there, but that's the second, probably, uh, probably, probably the second most important play in that game. And I think just, just that's a great special teams call by the chiefs too. Cause they, they, it worked out. They sent that, the, the, um, gunners down that to that yeah. side. They sent all the right. blocking down to that side, and it was like, and it was just good. Now you've got a wall. Kadarius Tony's quick enough to cut back and, to the other side. Well, and remember this too: one of the biggest weaknesses of this Eagles team, and they got better at it about halfway through the season. But for the first half of the season, the Eagles were terrible at special teams. They ranked, they were in the bottom three in the NFL in special teams. Like, and, and what was one of the things that cost them in the Super Bowl? Special teams. Oh yeah. I, I mean, that's huge. That is absolutely. Huge. The fact that I forget the the um, coordinator's name. It's um, uh, it's not important. Oh man, he's got it's got it's a name of I somebody else. Like that guy. It's a, a Mike Clay. That's his name. Mike Michael Clay. Um, I think he went to Oregon. Yeah, played there. Yeah, but, but anyway, man, he, he had. I mean, he he got his the team better in the second half of the season, but they came up short in a really big moment. Um, and part of it too is like I don't even blame the coverage team on it. It's hard to even blame Clay. Sipos had a horrific, horrific exactly. Run. And exactly. Kearns, Kearns had not been great since they brought him in, but he was better than that. So I still feel like activating him after he hasn't played a game since November. Um, I know it's punting, so you think, oh, okay, you know, you might overlook it a little bit, but like it clearly was a huge, huge moment in this game. Absolutely. I mean, th- it was a time thing too. I can tell you this from in the stadium, the momentum, right? It was it was a little rough there, um, but – especially I think that was a three and out. And so it was like, all right, we got to yeah. get some yards on this punt. And I was okay with punting. Um, I, I hear what you're saying about going for it. And like, I, I, anyway, I'm okay with the punt, but what I'm not okay with is to your point at, first of all, everyone on the coverage team went to the right. Everyone was over there and yeah. no one was on the left. Like they didn't keep their lines to contain. I don't know what happened. Well, no, Cause they were, he was, he was supposed to punt the ball to the right side of the field. He kicked it to the wrong side of the field. He keeps it a little leftish, and then everyone kind of was over the right. He ran to the right, and then you'll even see Dallas got or um, uh, Jack Stoll back up because he's like, "Hey, I got to keep my lane over here," yeah. uh, and he's on the right side. Yeah. And so what happens is he's like backing up, staying in his lane, like ready for any jukes his way. And then on the other side, everyone condensed in. All the blockers were there. It was a nightmare. I mean, yeah. 
you, you can't let that happen. I, I do have some fault in the coverage team. The punt clearly was awful. And I'll tell you what, even in the stadium, you're like, what the fuck was that? Like as the ball's in the air, like that was, that was not a, that was not a good college punt. No, I mean, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And, and it's a position that, I mean, Aaron Sabah should not be on the Philadelphia Eagles next year. He was, he was okay throughout the season, had a couple of decent punts here and there. You can get um, better at that position. But yeah, you and, need, you need yeah. to do better than that. I mean, that is just, that is just horrible. Um, other plays that mattered. Uh, the Quez drop was big in the third quarter. It was a hard catch, um, but this has been a thing with Quez all season. He jumps for balls he doesn't need to jump for. He didn't need to dive after that ball. He did that half dive, jump, run move. Um, he could have kept running and catch underneath. And um, it's just a Quest, Quest, situation. Quest is just not, <laughs> he's not a number three. He's just not sorry. Like uh, he's got great speed. You know, when he, when he gets open to me, he, he had a very disappointing year. He's one of the few Eagles who was really disappointing this season. In fact, if you had a list of disappointing players, he's probably the only one that's on the list. Um, that's how much everyone on this team overachieved. Um, and he yeah. just, he, he wasn't, think, he I mean, was, ex- I mean, he had the deep touchdown catch against um, yeah. Minnesota in the beginning of the year, but then basically wasn't a deep threat. Again, he fumbled uh, in the game against Washington, which was a horrendous play on his part. Again, diving for a ball. He didn't have to dive for, and then he rolled up because nobody touched him. And as soon as he stood up, they punched the ball out. Like Quez is just not it. He's just not, he's, he's had multiple big drops and big games. Um, he had one in the Dallas game on Christmas Eve. Uh, he's just, he's not reliable. Um, and he's a guy that is, is super talented as an athlete, but, um, has come up short several times for the Eagles. And, and again, that would have been a great catch and Jalen, that might've been probably his second best throw of the, of the entire game. Uh, it, it was a perfect throw. Um, and great. it would, would have put them in the red zone. I mean, that was a huge play on third down and said they settled for the field goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one that you'll look back on and think, Hey, if he catches that, Right, and you keep it a two-score game in the in the third quarter. It, it extends the, the likelihood. The clock yeah. so it extends the likelihood <laughs> that you're going to end up keeping that two-score margin ahead instead of settling for the six. In which case, it turns into a six-point leap. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What are the other ones? Because on, I know that one wasn't on your list, Vito. But what were the other two? Obviously, the holding call was on that list. Um, the holding oh, calls on that list. The Mahomes twenty-six yard scramble. Yeah, I mean that. Dude, was, the Mahomes that was, on third. He. He was so impressive. And there's one more, actually, I forgot to mention earlier. Um, we'll hit right after this, which which was Kelsey to or um, I'm sorry, Mahomes to Kelsey as Mahomes was falling down. Kelsey had to bend down low and it was on like a third down. Yeah, Jordan Davis is tackling him halfway into the ground. Yeah. Dude. And and anyway, both of these plays, this is where, like, again, I've seen a lot of football at a lot of different levels. Um, hell, I, I was I was counting up earlier. I went to 10 NFL games this season. Yeah. So I, I saw some fucking football this year in person and then obviously watched every game. And like, I can tell you that Mahomes is without a doubt among the top tier. There, There's no one above him in terms of like watching in terms of a more talented and skilled football player and all that encompasses the mental, the physical, the toughness, yeah. the, the ability to just make something happen, the momentum, like understanding momentum and what's important at what moment. I mean, he made think about this in the first half his only drive to score was right after the eagles go down score right away he gets the ball and answers and that answer was so important and that kelsey play with jordan davis i'm pretty sure was on that drive and it was 
huge to keep that drive alive, keep it going. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just impressive to see him just being like, all right, me, me and Kelsey, like, let's just go knock this out. Let's go get one for the, for us. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Eagles, obviously, but on, on that chief side, those two guys coming out and having a strong start made the difference. If they, if they even get a field goal, there, there's a totally different game. And well- and it that goes. Everything. What's amazing about that play too, and obviously, look, Mahomes scrambling for 26 yards, banged up ankle, all that stuff, unbelievable. He had adrenaline, he had torn all whatever in his ankle, like he was not yeah. feeling whatever pain was in his ankle at that moment. So, um, kudos to him for making the right play, stepping up in the pocket, taking it. But what made that play possible goes back to what I said to start off the pod, which is that the MVP of this game was Andy Reid and the coaching staff from mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. because that drive, the Eagles finally responded. You get beat for the same play, right? They did the Madden shit. Remember when you'd hit the right trigger and it would just flip the play to the opposite side of the field? The Chiefs did that from the same spot and scored a touchdown on the exact same play. And this to get real football nerdy on you, the Eagles have what they call rockers, right? So they have two cornerbacks, safeties in the back when they're in their goal line or red zone defense. And what the Eagles and what the Chiefs found out that the Eagles do from film, something they did all year, When you send a guy in motion, the Eagles pass it off, right? That's the rockers. You're rocking it down to your next guy. So what do the Chiefs do? They said, all right, well, we're going to send on a short motion, put your foot in the ground, go the opposite way, because by that point, the cornerback has passed off that coverage responsibility to the safety, and the safety is going to be 20 yards away sitting in the end zone while that guy is standing walking into the end zone with nobody else around him, right? And they did it two times in a row. They did it two times because the Eagles love to play that zone and in the secondary, and this goes back to Jonathan Gannon, lack of adjustments, lack of situational awareness as, as he's calling his defense, keeping this zone play in, and then to get beat for it twice in a row, twice in a row for touchdowns in the fucking Super Bowl. And Jonathan Gannon waited to get beat by it twice on the same play, opposite sides of the field, so that way Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony could score fucking touchdowns on you. Okay, but he, Wait, Scotty, even- before before you hop in here, so they're doing that zone coverage on that final drive, not only. Was it the hold play where they, I said at the beginning, where they switched to man coverage, and that's why Bradbury got the holding call because he was following Juju Smith-Schuster on that short motion, in, and then he hits that same foot in the ground, tries to do the wheel route after getting five yards deep, and that's why they call the flag. It also happened on the 26-yard run because they had switched to man-to-man because Gannon was getting beat, and what happened on that is the same thing I said why you can't play man-to-man against Mahomes because the second that you do, you're turning your back to the quarterback. And what happened? He broke off a 26-yard run in the biggest moment of the game and and sealed it off. I mean, at that point, I mean, it wasn't yeah. completely done because we still had the holding call in the next uh, in, the, in the next series. But, I mean, that that is why the game planning and the coaching was so – the Eagles coaching staff was so outmatched by Andy Reid because he – put Jonathan Gannon in a torture chamber and beat him like he was a 13-year-old playing Madden against his college cousin, you know, uh, on Christmas, <laughs> right? Like, just absolutely put the fucking brakes on him and and put him to a point where now they had to play man-to-man and the two biggest plays to wrap up the game were because they played – they scored two touchdowns on the same play playing zone in the Eagles' territory and Jonathan Gannon had no response to it. Sorry, Scotty, whatever. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just had to continue with that thought. No, you're good. Even, I was going to say, even before those two scoring plays, they did it all game, right? That's what opened things up in the first half for uh, for for Mahomes to get to Kelsey. It was running those those guys in motion, which is something Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy did against the Niners, which is why Nicole Hardman had three touchdowns in that Super Bowl, because they had no answer. They did the same thing. They ran them across the, the formation uh, with jet sweeps, jet sweep looks, 
um, that that pulled guys away, and then it forced them into man. They scored two uh, two touchdowns that way. It's exactly what happened. And then I think on on the defensive side of the ball, the one thing that the Eagles were doing great in the first half was making Mahomes run outside the pocket, right? Run run sideline to sideline, and, and force him to to turn up field that way if he was going to run, or force him to make a bad pass. They did an excellent job of that in the first half. On that play, when they were forced to go into man because of all that motion, that pre-snap motion that the Chiefs had made, all of a sudden, and again, the the, the Eagles' pass rush on that play it was probably besides the the one or two hits they had on on Mahomes during the entire game was the closest they were to sacking him for for the entirety of the Super Bowl. And but the, with no help in the second level, everyone was playing man. Mahomes had nothing but daylight up the middle, right? You don't force him out to the side, and he's able to run up the middle for 26 yards. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and I think, oh, look, at the end of the day, I think I think you can boil it down to those plays. Like, I think the Chiefs made two really big mistakes. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the Devontae Smith deep ball at the end, it gets out the two-yard line. Throw is a little bit towards the boundary there for Jalen. It should have been a walk-in touchdown. Instead, they just punch it in on the next play. I mean, it was yeah. still a huge. It was an unbelievable throw. Great round. The octopus. We got but one. Yeah, we did get the octopus. I, I won on that. Um, Thanks for the uh, advice there, Scotty. There that go. was. Uh, um, do you know what? Do you know what else? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what, Jeff, you threw that out there. Yeah. yeah. You know what else hit? Joe Burrow Tails? leading. No, Joe Burrow. Oh. The remember I said Joe Burrow is plus six hundred to be the leading AFC playoff passer. Oh, Mahomes wow. had to throw. It was 212 yards he needed. He threw for 182. Wow. I'm. By the way, I'm shocked. I should have hit that. The box score. I'm like, really when mad. You left, that, yeah. When we left that game, I have to say I had no idea how little Mahomes. I I thought that's that's we were what all, I mean. Like, Mahomes was well, because so it great. wasn't because it wasn't the deep ball. And this is actually something I want to get into because we kind of hit on the big plays, <laughs> but I kind of want to hit on some of the general stuff, right? Like the the overarching themes of this game and one of the things. And like the biggest one. Kansas City ran the ball however the fuck they wanted, which we completely underestimated. We we thought that they would mix in some screens, and they did, but the Eagles did a pretty good job in the first half of tackling on those screens. Pacheco, 15 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon, four carries for 34 yards, and then Mahomes had 44 for himself as well. Um, There wasn't a ton of the the screen pass for big plays. It was all methodical, right? And it was all because, again, the Eagles' defense is like, "We'll, we'll give you the run but you're not going to beat us deep and you're not going to beat us with a pass, which again, against mediocre or even good quarterbacks to and everything below that, right. You can get away with, but fucking Jared Goff lit him up in week one, Trevor Lawrence. If, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't give up two unforced fumbles, right. In that game against the Eagles. And if it's not raining that day, the Eagles probably lose to Jacksonville in week three. D- Dak Prescott hung 40 on him. Aaron Rodgers hung, what was it, 38 or 33, however many points it was, right? Like, when you play a good quarterback against the Eagles, against Jonathan Gannon, you're going to be able to score points. It's that simple. I mean, yeah, and, and again, with the with the running game, it was, first of all, that's not Andy Reid's spread. Uh, like, no, you know this, Jeff, firsthand. It's I mean, like, that's what sucks so much about this. were pissed at the commitment to run. Like, I love Andy. Have. I love and, Andy. We begged Andy for years to run the fucking football in big games, and he never did. And yeah. in this game against his old team, he did the smartest thing you can do, which is set the tone running. And Pacheco was so hard to tackle, man. Yeah. And the Eagles did a crazy. bad job tackling. On the op- opposite side, we said this going into the the Cincinnati game, Kansas City was going to have to tackle really, really well. 
they struggled tackling, right? We said they were a bottom 10 team in the NFL at tackling in the regular season. In the playoffs, they were spectacular. Nick Bolton flying across the field. Juan Thornhill coming down from the secondary and making huge plays. I mean, they were phenomenal at finishing plays, not allowing Devontae or A.J. Brown even or any of these guys to break tackles and get extra yards. It was like, it was really, really hard. Like, that's one of the things I felt too. It's like the, for the Chiefs to score in this game, their offense, it felt effortless. It felt like here's the easy zone, boom, pop. And this is very similar to how the Dallas game felt, it, right? It was Dak yeah. sitting back, boom, open, boom, open. Like He's in sitting in second. that spot, boom, right? For the Eagles, it was like they they were able to move the ball, but it took really, really big plays. And it took guys making unbelievable plays for them to do it. And they did it because they're that talented and they're that good. But it seemed so effortless for Kansas City marching down the field. Yeah. I think it was in the second half, but you guys got to remember that first half, I thought the Eagles defense played out of their minds. Like, I think if you break this down, yes, in the second half, Gannon got outcoached, Gannon got destroyed. There were a lot of things happening. But in that first half, to give up seven points to Mahomes, and he had the ball three times, I believe. Like, they, they actually did a damn good job, a lot better than I thought they would have. I'll say this. It, sh- it should have half. been 10. I mean, Bucker misses the easy right. kick. I mean, right. But in terms of yardage, they had a uh, three and out. Plus there. 800 on a doink. That, that one's some money. How about that? <laughs> I mean, their EPA, you know, their expected points added was, was still off the charts, even in the first half. Um, it, it's the lack of possessions. I mean, they, they, think about this the Chiefs had eight possessions in the entire game. Eight. Yeah. Right. And yet they still put up 31 points offensively and probably. And again, if, if it's not for the, the fumble touchdown, probably end up scoring more points. But uh, it's you're I, you're right. I'm not trying to completely downplay it because the Eagles found ways. They forced Kansas City to punt in the first half like they definitely played better in the first half. They oh. had very little energy coming out in the second half. And uh, it, it just felt and- like, again, the, the pass rush, w- what limited the pass rush was a they ran the ball right at them. They were not afraid to run the football. The second thing was Mahomes got the ball out so fast, right? So we can claim the dirt. And we can also say, do like deservedly so, the, the Chiefs offensive line played outstanding and, and did a really, really good job. But yeah, I, I just – it was a complete mismatch. I mean, that that defense in the second half and, – and this is what I had said and why I thought the, the first quarter under would hit. And I don't know whatever the first quarter under was. There was four, 14 points in the first half or in the first quarter of this game. Um, But – I knew that Andy was going to be sussing this out. Remember I said that? I was like, I think I think both teams are going to try to figure out with the other ones how they're being. And that's why Steichen is so good. And it sucks that we're losing Steichen. Um, I would much rather yeah. only like, – if, if we could keep one of the two, I'd take Steichen over Gannon in a heartbeat. For sure. Um, but that's the thing. It's like the Chiefs figured out. And they were like, we're going to play conservative. We're going to have Mahomes lead us down the field when he can and get some points, right? And that's what they did. They should have had 10 points from the offense. They end up only getting seven uh, and they're kind of pushing there, but they figured out exactly what Gannon was doing and they figured out, okay, this is how they're defending us. They're going to have no way to stop us in the second half. And that's exactly what it was, uh, which goes back to why giving up those seven points was so important. Um, all right, let's, um, I, I still, I still want to, I want to talk about Jalen Hurts. So I want to give him his fires, but let's take a quick break. Um, we'll come back on this side and we'll, uh, we'll talk about the Eagles uh, and maybe a little bit down the road, what it looks like for these two teams uh, before we get, I want to get stories from the Super Bowl here too, from Vitas, all that on the other side, take a quick break. All right. So deservedly Mahomes, he deserves all the credit in the world. He's amazing. Um, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. It's just, it's, it's terrifying going up against them. Just every drop back just sucks. 
But what I found interesting in this game, and this started from the very get-go, like very early on, seeing the way Jalen was throwing it, the way they went down the field and scored, obviously the deep ball touchdown to A.J. Brown. I wasn't that scared because I thought Jalen would make every single play, make every single throw. And honestly, he did, right? He made the arguably biggest mistake of the entire game. And and I've been saying that, and that's what sucks the most about this. But I never thought I'd have, definitely not with Jalen, but I, I don't think I ever would have thought as an Eagles fan, I'd have a quarterback that could go up against Patrick Mahomes that I was less afraid of Mahomes because we had this guy on our team. And that is exactly how I felt watching Jalen Hurts. We can get into this, and Vito, I know when we're talking about this specific game, like the, you have your thought. Like the, the fumble play was huge, right? It was absolutely massive. But when I tell you the single best throw I've seen this NFL season was the third and 14 to Dallas Goddard. That throw and the smallest, the smallest gap in the cover two zone there in between two defenders as Legereus Need is trying to cut underneath and he puts it in a box that is maybe a foot and a half by a foot and a half wide and towards the sideline and, and, yeah. and Goddard makes the catch. I mean, the stones, the confidence on the move to make that throw in the Super Bowl at 24 years old. Not to mention, it's the he's the first quarterback in NFL history to have 300 yards passing, over 70% completion percentage, and zero interceptions. Think about that. Statistically, this is the second time in his career that he threw for 300 yards over 50 yards and had three rushing touchdowns. He's the only player in NFL history to do it once. He's done it twice, and the second one was in the Super Bowl with a hurt shoulder. I mean, what this kid has Jesus. done, considering that where we were a year a year ago today, when we when the last thought in our mind was watching Jalen Hurts absolutely flame out as a 23-year-old against that Tampa Bay team and look like he didn't even belong in the NFL to now being the MVP runner-up, to outplaying Patrick Mahomes, to making every single throw and work on every aspect of his game that he was getting criticized for, even against the blitz in this game, which is the one weakness he's had all year, which he was like 22nd in total QBR against the blitz, he was still outstanding against the blitz in this game and made every single play the Eagles are going to pay and give him a contract that Harry Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, Lurie's basically already said as much. He said before the Super Bowl, he he doesn't have to prove anything else. He's already he's done enough. They're going to give him the contract. They're hopefully going to get get it done before Burrow and before Herbert and all those other ones come in and they shift the market up even higher. I also could see Jalen Hurts being a sneaky like Tom Brady guy and be like, no, pay me a little bit less so we can, you know, maybe more guaranteed money, but a little bit less overall contracts. That way we can, you know, help out the rest of the team. I could see Jalen being that guy. But just in this game, and I go back to what I said before, Having Jalen Hurts as my quarterback in this game made me less afraid of going against Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's as big a compliment as you could possibly pay a young quarterback at this point in his career playing in his first Super Bowl. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I said it in, in our group message together, and I said it all night during the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts flat out outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes had a great second half, led his team as a leader. Unbelievable, 13 of 14 in the second half, 94 yards, three touchdowns, all that. Uh, look, Jalen Hurts flat outplayed Patrick Mahomes. 
I, I see. I got to push back field. on that. And, and go ahead. Because, because I mean, listen, here, here's why. Because Jeff was describing the Eagles defense. Hey, we're going to sit back and you got to, you got to find the underneath zones and you got to just consistently move the ball and not have big plays. The chiefs were like, for some reason, they were given the shots from the outside. They had one-on-ones out there and Jalen threw some incredibly beautiful balls. Don't get it. Like that was, he had some, inc- the throw to Devonte even not, not the second one that was like towards the end of the game. The one that got caught incomplete. Yes. That ball. I, that was, he was right the sideline right in front of me. That was the prettiest ball I'd seen thrown all year and all the games I went to. That was it. Number one by far. Like that how was awesome. Though, how, how sick was the touchdown throw to AJ Brown in person? That dude. It, oh. Cause the fun, the coolest part was easily AJ Talk Brown about a window where he like yeah, kind of yeah. like he AJ Brown he back to fuck, Dude, yeah, he literally he <laughs> Euro stepped between two. I said this yesterday talking to a couple of guys, but he literally Euro he was in double coverage going back to the fourth and six. Joe Burrow throws it up to Jamar Chase. Same exact thing, right? Double coverage. They have the bracket on AJ Brown, and he literally Euro steps his way through the double coverage, and then AJ. And this is where Jalen, like some people have been saying, oh, Jalen just kind of threw it up there. No, he, AJ was forcing everyone to the middle of the field. Jalen knew that and knew he had to put it towards the left side. So that way AJ had a chance and AJ made one of the most incredible mid air adjustments on a ball I've ever seen. So I just, I figured in person, it had to look sick. Dude, it was not even, it was even before that he, he set up that, that corner. If that corner is just tracking the ball and not scared of AJ Brown, he probably jumps up and knocks that down. If he was just tracking the ball and that, but but listen, you're playing corner, you got to play the receiver a little bit. And as the as AJ Brown's running, yeah, he he sticks his foot in a little bit and almost shows like, oh, it's coming now. And the corner's like shit and starts looking for it. But AJ just slips right behind him and just yeah. falls in his hands, dude. His and his length on that play, that's where length matters. When people are like, oh, that, why does that really matter, dude? That guy reached out in stride. If that's a five ten wide receiver, that's incomplete, mm-hmm. just straight up. Like I'm telling you that right now. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it an was unbelievable. Incredible. It was an unbelievable catch. I mean, and that's why you've that's why you make the trade for a first a first round pick and you and you pay AJ Brown, you know, 120 million dollars, whatever it is. Um, but because I want to go back to what you were saying there, Vito, because actually kind of and and I don't think you fully got to express your point. Um, but I kind of agree with you on that. Jalen was asked to do more in this game than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick yes. Mahomes' job was easier, and he did it flawlessly. He had one incomplete pass in the second half, um, and that wasn't the holding but call. He's the MVP. There was, there was one other one, right? Yeah. And he's deservedly the MVP. I mean, without Patrick Mahomes, the, the, the Chiefs don't win this he game is, without Scott. Patrick Mahomes. Like, Easy no question. Money. He doesn't. And that's and that's me. Like, I'm, I'm the Eagles fan here. I'm the one saying, like, yeah, yeah without like, – but Hurts was asked to do more, and Hurts mm-hmm. had to make harder throws – and he had to do more for his team to cover up basically just knowing you were going against Mahomes. And Hurts accomplished – like I think what Hurts accomplished in this game was harder and more impressive than what Mahomes did. Mahomes, being as good as he is, had you know, a, and had a lot of easier throws. Right, Everything was the underneath, the quick release stuff, which takes a ton of intelligence and pre-snap reads and knowing where you're going with the football and also knowing that they had the matchup advantage from the coaching side of it compared to the Eagles' defense. I just think what Jalen had to do to put up the points that they did in this game was more impressive, but that doesn't mean that he necessarily outplayed Mahomes because Mahomes was perfect for what he had to do to win this game, which was pick apart a zone defense – 
and make the easier throws, which he did. He had he had way easier throws than Jalen did, which is why I say when I say Jalen outplayed him, it's just that Jalen did more in this game because he had to do more to keep the minute, and he did it almost perfectly with the exception of the fumble, which again was a dumb mistake. Like the the fumble didn't even have really anything to do with the rest of how he played the game. It was a one-off weird play. And unfortunately it just completely fucked them. Well, and that's the thing to his credit, like his entire game was incredible. I would say he outplayed Mahomes majority of the game, but the problem is that fumble, like I, with that fumble taken into account, like it's really hard because I like, this is really hard for me to say because I listen. You wouldn't think that Jalen is making those throws that he's making a year ago. If if you see a quarterback doing that, you're like, "That's my guy." Hell yeah! Who is that in the NFL? Blindly, don't even show from the snap. Just throw the ball coming in. You'd be like, "Oh, deep ball. Maybe that's Russ. That was a nice arc. Maybe yeah. you know all this Josh stuff." Josh Allen, not, Mahomes, yeah, not, yeah. Well, even even Josh Allen, like the arc was beautiful. Jalen's touch on these mid to long throw balls is it looks like a young Russell. And yeah. I, I like that's the only guy you can compare it to and, and Mahomes. And as he's doing all of these these beautiful passes, you can't believe it's him, which is also I could not believe that it was him that fumbled the ball. And only fumbled it hit, obviously his foot rolled out, they got it and scored. But I could not believe that on a third down when he had to make a play, listen, the ball was in his hands from the snap. Fumbling that, there's just no excuse. Untouched. And, and you, I mean, you yeah, completely you untouched. And, and yeah. for that argument, like, I, I know where you're coming from. Like, to me, it's – and that's what makes it so tough. It's like, yeah, he, you know, his one mistake was a freak thing. It really was. It oh. was It was very similar to Mahomes in the, in the game against the Bengals where he just brings his ball, his hand back, and whoop, the ball just pops out, right? Like, yeah. that was Jalen's version of that where he was, he, he was going to keep it on the QB run. That's what he saw pre-snap. He goes to switch the ball into his running hand, and it just fell. It just slipped out and then he kicks it and it pops up perfectly into Nick Bolton's hand, which that's another thing too. Like that ball could have taken a weird bounce. It could have popped back. Jalen could have fallen on it, right? They could have punted it. The fact that it took a perfect bounce, very similar to how Brandon Graham strip sacks Brady and it pops up into Derek Barnett's hands perfectly. And that's what we always, what I've come back to with football all the time. It's like, you can have an amazing team. You can have the, the, you know, a perfect game plan. You can execute everything, but the luck has to be on your side. And in that moment, the luck wasn't on the Eagles side. Like the ball bounces weird ways. It's, it's not a normal shit. It's going to weird, do weird shit. And that's exactly what happened. I think Vito's right. I think you have to knock that against Jalen. But as an Eagles fan, as many Eagles fans I've talked to, like none of us want to, because if it wasn't for Jalen, they're not, this isn't even a three point game. They're not even the Super Bowl without Jalen. Right. Like, and, and this one drop, it sucks. And it sucks that we have to blame him. And that's probably why I'm more eager and ready to blame say Amalu for jumping false, you know, false start on the play before on a play that, you know, they're going to get the first down, but you do kind of have to hold against them. However, and this would be my one argument against that veto. And this goes back to what I kept saying. And I've said it a million times. If you had told me they're up 10 at halftime, that's it. Eagles are up 10 at halftime. And that's after the fumble six, that's after everything else happens. I'm still I'm still taking that at 10 times out of 10. I just am. I didn't. And that's without knowing that the Eagles wouldn't be able to run the football because the Eagles couldn't run jack shit unless it was Jalen on QB keepers. Um, 
Because, uh, I mean, most of Jalen's rushing yards came on designed runs, not even like, you know, broken plays where he scrambles. A lot of them, the majority of them were designed quarterback runs. Uh, yeah. Miles Sanders, I think, got hurt in, on the first series. Um, so he ran into the locker room right away, came back out, got in, but just never got a game. And, and thank God for – Gainwell looked okay, but like Boston Scott, Boston Scott it, the whole thing was – and that goes and that goes back to the fact that for the first time all season, the Eagles offensive line got outplayed. Yeah. They weren't the they weren't the bullies. The one the one thing I was confident about in this game was the offensive line. And time after time, Jalen's getting pressured in the backfield and scrambling to make throws. Right. The the amount of times they tried to run, they just couldn't. I mean, Jason yeah. Lane, Samalu, uh, Landon Dickerson, Mylotta. They all got bullied in this game. And part of that could have been the field turf. I don't know. I, I, I You could run back. If you ran back this game, I would still take the Eagles to win. Because it's a despite it all, <laughs> I think that I do think the Eagles are the better team. I, I do. Yeah. But there's a better coaching staff, com- better complete coaching staff. I thought Sirianni and Steichen called an unbelievable game. Certainly more um, experienced at this and the experience was stage. Huge. And then Mahomes, like, and, and Mahomes isn't even better than Jalen necessarily, but he's just that good that your defense, because it's not Jalen no. versus Mahomes, it's no. Mahomes versus your defense. And no. the Eagles defense could not compete the way it was designed with that system to go up against Mahomes. Just not. If they get two or three sacks, this game is different. Oh, it for sure. And, wow. and that's that's yeah. the thing. The line played such a big part. But Mahomes' role in that, too, is incredible. And, 100%. and as great as Jalen did, and to your point, it sucks to say, because I'll tell you what, I think Jalen, if I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, he's MVP in my book. Oh yeah, and not even he close. should. He he is he has turned into one of the best leaders. Like like I'll tell you this from a leadership standpoint, I would take Hurts over Mahomes. I take Hurts over anyone. I, I think anyone besides Brady. Now Brady's out of the league. I think he's the number one guy. And, and I know that's I think, crazy to say. Maybe Burrow. Maybe like those two guys are the one too in terms of leaders you want on your team. I think two. It, it can't be understated. Like I would love Jalen Hurts on the 49ers. I was telling you guys, like the the idea of him in our offense gives me a, a give me gives me a semi. But like I don't know, man. Like in San Francisco, San Francisco is a different organization, different team. Jalen Hurts represents that city. Everyone I know in that city, just put your head down, work hard, and, and be good. <laughs> And, and then you can yeah. you can celebrate later, and, and no nonsense like none of it, man. That guy is Philadelphia, and for for everything that represents, uh, I, I think is part of why part of what makes him so good on that team. It besides, like again, he's in that top. I think like, and and I, I'm not big at like top three, top five. I do a top tier, right? You guys, we always talk about this. It's like yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes is almost in his own tier, but I think not exactly like that dude. I'm, like I said, he's the best I've ever seen play in, in my life. Um, but then you, the Burrow, uh, I'd even like yeah. Then there's probably Jalen, and then you talk about Josh Allen, and like those are the those are the guys, those are the guys right there. That group, that's the top tier. And I don't know if I'm putting anyone in. And the thing is, is that playoffs matter so Brock. much. And and you see, like as uh, even as the playoffs went on, I mean, Josh Allen hasn't really gotten it done, and I, I love him, but 
screw the physical skills. You got to get it done. And Jalen's been yeah, doing prove that. it. Right. And, and, you know, too, like look at the, the state of the NFC, right? Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks, if not definitely the best quarterback that's ever played a game gone. Uh, so it's wide open for, for Jalen hurts and the Eagles to, to keep doing what they're doing. And again, part of that's contractual, right? Like yeah. what, what the value we see in this game for by and large, this, this Mahomes is an exception because he's got a half a billion dollar contract and, no matter, it's clear that no matter what they put around him, he's going to win. But like the value, well, he had is, to prove that. I mean, he had yeah, to true. prove that this year, right? True. And and he did. And, and, and he that's won what, his first Super Bowl in that rookie contract. And, 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 and that's what the exactly. value is having that and yeah. and building your team around that. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, Jalen to me is a, is a Philly guy. So I, I like I wouldn't be shocked if if they got to the negotiating table and he was like, nope, give me less than whatever you thought. Um, I'm not going to battle with you. I just want to build this team around me and make it better. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things and I want to get to the, the future stuff here after, after I read this, but um, I've been, I was looking here um, for a quote and anyone who follows Philly sports knows who um, Gio, the podcaster is um, mm-hmm. he's a young, young man who's gone through insane adversity. His life has been podcasting and he got to go to the Super Bowl, which is really, really cool. Um, the Earth's family, who he's very close with, actually helped get him to the Super Bowl. Um, and there was a quote from Jalen after the Super Bowl that went kind of viral. Um, and Gio was actually the one that got to ask him it in his press conference. Um, and uh, essentially, Gio asked him, like, if there's one thing that you can learn from this, you know, what is it? And Jalen's response was, we came up short. I think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains. Everyone experiences different agonies of life, but you decide if you want to learn from it. You decide if you want that to be a teachable moment. I know I do. And to what you guys were saying about your leader, what you were saying earlier, Vito, about the, the, the grownups that are in this room with a second-year head coach, second-year starting quarterback, a 24-year-old who just lost the, best, the, the, the biggest game of his life with his best performance on a football field of all time. And that's what he comes out and says – it is a special thing. And I think everyone in the NFL wants to play with this guy. Everyone in the NFL wants to, you know, wants, wants to be a part and, and respects Jalen Hurts. And Mahomes' quote after the game um, talking about Jalen too was, was really, you know, essentially he said if there's any – if there were any doubters left, there aren't any now. I mean, J- Jalen proved mm. it uh, in this game. And I think he's right up there with Burrow, Mahomes. And Mahomes is calmness and positive energy, I think, as a leader. is It's a different style of leadership, you know, but it's it's kind of similar to Jalen in the same way, that's just calm, cool, collect at all times. Um, and I think what's amazing with Jalen is, is like the Eagles Eagles are going to know, like, moving forward, like, hey, if he's if, if number one is back there, we got a chance to win the Super Bowl. If number one is behind our quarterback, we got a chance to win any single game, right? And that's what I, everyone who played with Brady, everyone who played with Peyton, anyone who's played with Mahomes, anyone who's played with Rodgers, any of the greats, they have that feeling, right? No matter what the situation is, we can we can win this game. We got one. We can win this game. And I think that's I think that's huge. Um moving to the future, look, we can say all we want. NFC is not that loaded, right? Um you know, Jalen's probably one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFC at this point. Um, it's way easier to get to the Super Bowl from that side than the AFC. All that's true. You never know when you're getting back, man. Oh. You never, you never know when you're going back. You, you, you yep. get such a finite amount of opportunities in this sport as a fan, as a player, as a coach. 
to taste these. Vic Fangio, who we found out was signed on with the Eagles for two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl to help them figure out um, their offense, actually, to go up against uh, Steve Spagnola. Everyone thought, oh, he signed on to help the defense. He actually signed down to help set up the scout offense that the Eagles are going to be um, uh, for the Eagles to practice going up against Steve Spagnola's defense. Um, yeah. Vic Fangio, this is the first time he was ever part of a team that was in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Dude is a lifer. Uh, no. That, yeah. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. This yeah. Was he wasn't his... on the Niners team against the Ravens? No. When Harbaugh was head coach? Mm-mm. This was his first chance to win a Super mm. Bowl. Yeah, man. And, and I mean, and, and so like I – I look at this and I go, yeah, you're right. There's reasons to be hopeful, but the second you give that contract out, it's going to be, it's going to be different, right? The second you give that contract out, you're going to lose some pieces. This is probably the last game Fletch has ever played for the Eagles. This is probably the last game BG's ever played for the Eagles. This is probably the last game say Amalu's ever played. I mean, they, they the list of free agents that they're losing. I mean, Javon Hart, twenty guys, Kazir White, twenty guys TJ that Edwards. are free agents. Yeah. It's it's huge, right? Bradbury, Bradbury's played a great Bradbury's season. Gone. He's gone. Yeah, there's Someone's no gonna, way. Someone, I mean, he was an all pro this year. Like somebody's, gonna, somebody's going to give him, um, somebody's going to give him a, a contract. You know, he's going to get paid money. 49ers will. <laughs> um, fine. It's, take, take the Niners, right? So <laughs> some, somebody is going to pay Bradbury a, a ton of money. Um, you're going to look, I mean, they and they have the fifth less, the fifth least amount of cap flexibility going into the season, which how he's a mastermind, he's going to convert some contracts into signing bonuses and he's going to figure out ways to get guys their money. Kelsey, this could be the last Jason Kelsey game of all time, yeah, you know? Probably. And yeah, they, they drafted Cam Jurgens, who, who looks like he's going to be really good when he gets a chance. He was handpicked by Kelsey. We talked about that, but Grant Calcaterra, who's the uh, tight end in waiting. They got Grant Calcaterra, but the other nice thing is, all right, but a lot of it's set in place. My lot is under contract for long-term Lane Johnson's coming back. We know he's coming back. He's under contract. AJ Devontae, Dallas Goddard, those guys are all paid. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Avante Maddox, Slay. I mean, there's a lot. Josh Sweat. Like, there's a lot of guys, a lot of, there's a lot of guys we know that are coming back. Dickerson's coming back, right? Um, but you're never going to have this team, this mix of guys who were there and won it. Um, it it's just going to be tough. It's going to be tough to replicate this. And now they got to replace two coordinators. And I think Brian Johnson's going to do a great job as the OC. I like that they're keeping that in-house. It's going to be the same verbiage. It's going to be a lot of the same offense. Um, defensively, yeah. I don't know where they go. I, I hope I hope that they they learn from this, right? Because this is one of the big things. And Mina Kime said this too, and, and I thought this was a smart point. She was like, I went back to my, like, my writer brain. And I said, what is – what is the story of this game, right? If I if I was still a writer, and Mina Kimes, who wrote for a long time, right? She was like, if I was still a writer, what would the story of this game be? And for her, what she'd said was, two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was, the Chiefs losing to Tampa Bay, getting absolutely out-muscled, out-classed on the offensive line. And how did they respond? They completely changed their biggest weakness, the thing that killed them in this game. And that was the offensive line. And they 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 built their team around that. And if I'm Howard Roseman, I look at this and I say, how do we get better from this? Because it's not the offense. The offense is great. And Brian Johnson's going to have a learning curve calling plays. But the core pieces of the offense are going to be there. Jalen's going to be there. They're going to get him signed up. All that's going to be good. How do we prevent a team from effortlessly shredding us in the second half of the Super Bowl the way that Kansas City did? And my hope, you- my hope is that they they go, we are going away from Jonathan Gannon. 
He's now the head coach at Arizona. We're going to get a different system in here. We're going to take the things with the people we have here that we learned from Jonathan Gannon that worked. And we're going to get somebody in here who's going to be able to run a defense with the pieces we have that will prevent us from doing that. We're going to invest. We have two first round draft picks this year. We're going to invest in the secondary. We're probably going to draft another defensive lineman because you're going to lose Fletch and probably BG, which sucks. But a hey, line depth, yeah. you, you know, you're going to need some of that. The offensive line, good for the foreseeable future. You're going to have to address right tackle soon. Probably going to have to address right guard with Sayamalu leaving, assuming he leaves. Um, but a lot of what they do here, philosophy, it may not be next year. It probably won't be next year, statistically speaking. It might be two years, three years down the line. But when you get that chance to get back to the game, are you going to learn from this like we just saw the Kansas City Chiefs do? Because the Kansas City Chiefs lost the Super Bowl and fixed the reason why they lost that Super Bowl and then just won a Super Bowl because of it, because the offensive line outplayed one of the most vaunted defensive lines we've seen in NFL history. That is why they won, because they they fixed the problem that they had in their last Super Bowl, and it is the reason they won this game. And the Eagles are going to have to do that, but just on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, like you said, comes from the front office too, because, like, look, I've seen my fair share of, of coaches, coordinator, come and go. Uh, in in the past five six years as a Niners fan, so like mm-hmm. uh, that continuity is is huge, like massively important. Um, but but again, like if if you trust your front office, and, and Lord knows Philly fans trust Howie at this point, um, mm. you trust that he's got the guys to give get it you a there. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, I don't know about that one. Wait, wait for the next draft, and then we'll see. Yeah, it's good the draft though. Well, and that's what recently. Well, and that's what's scary, right? Is because historically, Howard Roseman has sucked in the draft. Yeah, he, it's not. He's, been he's good recently. He's, a, he's so amazing. You're like waiting. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. It's like he's been amazing at at contract negotiations, shedding cap space. Like he's a wizard at all that. But the talent evaluation stuff is what he struggled with the last couple of years. He's hit on the right pieces, you know. But it was we're still only two years removed from Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, you know, like those mistakes might be there. And that's a huge, again, look at Andy Reid. What, what was a huge part of this? They've drafted so well. They went out and signed Orlando Brown, who's a decent, pretty good offensive tackle. He's been good, but they, they spend the draft pick uh, on Creed Humphrey in the first round, right? They, they draft the the right guard in the, I think it was the third round, the one who was, had all the medical questions and has turned into like a pro bowler. Like they've, they've done the right things in the draft. Isaiah Pacheco, Seventh round, right? They have to, Eagles have to hit on that, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll but that's see the what other they side do, of, but that's the other side of my argument, though, is that the Chiefs have had Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnuolo for each of the last like five years. Yeah, so that continuity is huge for sure. But then again, it's it's it does come from the front office where you got to get the right pieces involved <laughs> um, and marry it all up, and we'll see. I mean, I like I said before, I wouldn't be shocked if Jalen takes the Tom Brady route. I mean, it, it, he's all about winning, man. Like, and if he if you've noticed, Jalen does a sneaky amount of like ads and like sponsorships and stuff. I mean, I, he's gonna be he's getting paid a shitload of money for that stuff. I mean, I wouldn't again. I would I I would be a little surprised, but I also think he'd be more likely to do a maybe higher guaranteed. You know, maybe instead of the $240 million contract that Deshaun Watson get, or even the $190 million contract that, you know, Kyler Murray signed, it's $140 million, but it's $100 million guaranteed. 
You know, like if, if I'm the Eagles, like I sign up for that deal. I do because like, the, oh, yeah. and then, and then 20 million of that is a signing bonus right off the bat. Like Howie's really good at that. I'm not worried about the cap hit. I am. I'm worried about when do you get back? Because you just never I, know. And the one difference, weirdly enough, from this Super Bowl compared to the last Super Bowl the Eagles were in was we won the Super Bowl, and yet everyone in Philadelphia knew there was a big old question hanging over our heads, which was, are we are we keeping Nick Foles or are we growing back? That's what Carson I was just Wentz? about to like, That's what I was just about to say is like you won the last one, you lost this one, unfortunately. But I if I'm an Eagles fan, and you tell me, Jeff, because you are one, I feel better about going into next season after the Super Bowl loss than hell I did fucking after. no. Hell fucking no. One in the hand is worth oh. two in the bush, brother. Like I would take one Super Bowl now. I would take what happened. Like, because I mean Donovan McNabb's a perfect example. The Eagles went to the AFC championship game four years in a row. They made it to one Super Bowl. They lost and then didn't go back until 2017. Like one in the hand is worth two in the bush. I will take the the Super Bowl win and then questions about the next year over 10 years of like, hey, we're going to have a chance this year, but there's no guarantee that you're actually going to win. I mean, do I feel better about the team moving forward than I felt about after the 2017 team? A little bit. But at that time, too, I was like, well, Carson's going to come back and Carson's going to light it up. He was an MVP. He was the MVP this year. Like it was it was the same thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. The last thing I want to say here before we get Vito's tales from the Super Bowl. Um, the and I, I alluded to a little bit earlier. The symmetry between this game and the 2017 game was really interesting. Um, missed field goals early. Uh, you know, uh, the Eagles capitalizing, scoring on big plays, airing the ball out deep. Um, kind of the surprising nature of just how the game was unfolding in front of us. Like, I, I didn't know if we were actually going to see as much of a shootout just because of the injury stuff between Mahomes and Hurts. And, and yet it was very much that the Eagles having a 10 point lead at halftime. Um, People forget the Eagles actually lost the lead in that game against the Patriots in twenty in twenty eighteen, uh, and ended up coming back and 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 the Zach Ertz touchdown put them ahead and then they got the strip sack on Brady, uh, and then the field goal to put them up eight in the last couple minutes there. Um, there was there was some interesting symmetry in, uh, between this game and uh, and that game, which was eerie because rewatching the game Sunday morning and then watching the game unfold, I'm just like. Well, hey, you know, well, we were down one against Brady and, and we still came back. Like it, it was a very weirdly similar um, script in terms of how the game kind of played out, like in hindsight, not like script script, but you know what I mean? Like how the game actually uh, unfolded. It was it was just yeah. interesting. Um, but all right. Uh, with that being said, I'll have one last little wrap up piece. But I, I want to know and I know the people are dying to know Vito um, hit us with the highs and the lows, the experience. Um, being there for the game stuff that maybe you haven't hit on yet. I know we've asked, we've gone to a little bit on the pod, just fill the people in, man, going to a Super Bowl. Uh, you're a f- football historian. Um, this is your favorite thing. Was it as awesome? Did it live up to the hype? What even, even with the loss, I mean, t- just clue us in, man, tell the story. It did. It totally lived up to the hype. I, I, um, when the national anthem, they sang America, the beautiful and, and, and um, Oh, how was that national they, anthem, man? Holy smokes. It was, I was crying. Um, so was Sirianni. Was crying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sirianni was that. I, mean, I get it, man. Like that was, that was a, uh, I listened to that, it last night just for I fun really, cause it was so good. <laughs> yeah. That was, that's something that I really do hope that like, I, everyone who's a huge fan deserves that moment. Cause that was, 
that was genuinely one of the most special things um, I've ever experienced in my life easily. I mean, just hearing the national anthem, knowing that you're in the Super Bowl, um, it, it was just something special. You the flyover, and then, and then the craziest thing. Okay, so first of all, I, I got a list here of some things. Number one, they set up the entire thing differently. I didn't know this. In the, in the Super Bowl, the security is way further out than it normally is. So you can't park in the first like 20 rows of the regular parking and they have all these fences up. So you go through security early, you scan your ticket, and then everyone, like everyone who, who's literally going to the game has some kind of pre like tailgate pass. There's all these tailgates set up inside the secure like uh, fencing around the stadium. So we go in, we went to the tailgate for the Eagles, the Eagles like family and friends tailgate. There's a Chiefs one. There's a couple other versions. But what was so cool about that is you could go in and out of the stadium. There was the, none of the like no reentry. Oh, wow. It was cool. So security was so far back that when you enter, it was like the entire day you could go in and out. You could go see what's going on. You come back out, go to a tailgate. You could go uh, grab a program. You could do whatever you want. And I loved that. The NFL crushed that. Um a hilarious part was because everyone had some pregame pass. We're waiting in the security line. Everyone thought they were like the biggest deal ever, right? Half the people <laughs> aren't even there for football. The guy behind me had never seen a football game before. The guy next to him was explaining the rules as we're watching the Super Bowl. And I was like, dude, I get it. You're probably some big deal in some business thing, but fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we got, we need some fucking football fans here. Um, so I love the setup of the whole thing. Um, that was another thing, just the people in the, in the stadium. So I knew it'd be different than, you know, I went to the last couple of games, the Eagles and the playoffs at home. And, uh, one thing I was just shocked at was like a woman in the row behind us threw up and early in the first quarter got kicked out. I mean, the seats, listen, I was lucky that, you know, I'm fortunate, uh, in a lot of different ways. And I was able to go and make this happen, but I gotta say, if you're spending, that much on a ticket, especially they were not through anyone on the team that I cannot believe that you would be put yourself in that position to get kicked out there. It was happening all over. People were throwing up Jeez. and just getting kicked out, like losing six, eight, ten thousand $10,000 easy. Wow. Insane. Um, so, so besides that though, those are kind of the, the, you know, that's the only negative I'll say this in the game. couple things I have here. One, there was a play where Jason Kelsey hit somebody on a screen. Yeah, I know. It the was play. incomplete. It was the loudest hit I'd ever heard in my entire life by far. There was wow. nothing I've heard in college and anything that was the, uh, that when that, when that sound hit, I was like that, that we like, we need to get an ambulance on the field for this guy. Luckily it was the shoulder pads, and everything. I think it was just the sound of it, but that sound was jarring for everybody that was around there. And it and, like, wasn't and even a we've big said you and I have both sat really close at like college games. Oh, I sat front row for Penn state for yeah, five years. I've exactly. seen a lot of great games. Uh, so anyway, that was crazy. And then, then we get to halftime. Okay. couple notes here. Number one, Rihanna is so hot. Uh, I don't know. Like what's the sale? Dude, dude. It, it, when she came out, everyone literally was just looking around like, is that like, she still looks like that. And then, and then we didn't even know she was pregnant. So she's like kind of further away. So then that's coming in as people are texting so, people in the stadium. So it's just, how stable were those, like the platforms dude, that she was on? Cause they showed a um, close up, but it was like wobbling. <laughs> dude. It was, in, I was shocked that she went up there. I just, we thought those were just lights. 
and it was part of like a light thing. I could not believe people were getting on those fucking incredible. Dude, so what's hilarious about the Rihanna pregnancy thing, like I so we were having that conversation at the bar between like four or five of us. And my mm-hmm. girlfriend was like, she like almost like she was like, really? Like she just had a baby. Like you're she you're being insensitive. Like it's just a yeah. little bit of the post baby way. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I'm telling you, it looks like a baby bump. Then my boss, uh, the owner of the bar comes over and he's like, yeah, she does kind of look a little pregnant. I was like, yes, that's what I'm saying. And then I look at my phone and in three different group chats, I'm getting blown up people by people saying, is Rihanna pregnant? Like, and then and it's all the same thing. It's all the guys asking and all the girls being like, no, you guys are being insensitive. Like she just had a baby. I'm like, no, no, I'm telling you. Like, and so then we, we everyone starts Googling it and it comes out that she actually is pregnant again. Yeah. And so then all the girls who are like, again, like, and we're all feminists, like we're all pro, like, and like, was not trying to be offensive at all. No, it was just no. hilarious how defensive all the women got about like, yeah. you guys are being insensitive. I'm How like, dare no, no, you talk about her body that way. I'm like, I swear to God. No, I, I just honestly think she's, pregnant. and then she turns out to be pregnant. And it was like this little mini win for the guys being like, we aren't assholes. I'm telling you, I promise you. My, my favorite thing I've seen is post post Super Bowl two, to your point is that it was Sarah Foster, uh, the actress. And she was like, thanks Rihanna. You've ruined everything for pregnant woman forever. forever. Now we have no excuse. To not like, right? There's no excuse. Like, you, Rihanna was pregnant and performed at the halftime, going up and down on these Super Smash Brother platform things, and and it was incredible. It did look like that Super was, Smash Bros. thing, yeah, right. right? So we literally, I pulled up Google and like typed in "Is Rihanna," and the first one was "Is Rihanna married?" And then it was "Is Rihanna pregnant?" So literally, everyone around the world was asking one of two things: Is she married? Or is she <laughs> and is she pregnant? And it was, oh I thought that was so the so the halftime show lived up. It was awesome. That was I, I've I've seen. I wrote this note. I've seen over with Nick Calcaterra, who I was with. Me and him together have seen over thirty five artists in my life. I've seen over fifty five perform. That's in the top five. Wow. Uh, and given it's a Super Bowl, there's a lot of shit. You you know, yeah. a lot of the makeup, fire, showmanship of everything that goes into it. It was short, so you got to see a lot of content in a little bit of time, but that was incredible, man. It was I, so yeah, well was... produced. Like, watching it on TV, I was like, this is one of the top five uh, Super Bowl halftime shows I've seen in, like, 20, 25 oh, was... years. I mean, the, also... the wildest part, too, was that Jay-Z was on the sideline, and we saw him earlier, and we're like, I didn't want to run this down. came on, and like, oh, is Jay-Z coming? I was going to be sick. I, mean, I kind of like, she... <laughs> yeah, like that she just did it herself. Yeah. I, I will say, from, from a TV perspective, I mean, it was great. It was really, It was a really, really solid good halftime show wasn't the best we've ever seen from an at home perspective. I don't think, you know, like nothing ever tops Prince Prince singing purple rain in the rain is the best halftime show of all time. I will not be taking any other debates on it. No, um, you're right. <laughs> and that's coming from Bruce, like a Bruce fan, like the year Bruce did it. I thought it was great, but that was great. Tom Petty you know, was great. Tom Petty was great. The stones yep. were good. I thought last year's was an all time one, you know, obviously yep. with Dre and Snoop uh, and, and everything that went yeah. into that. But what I loved is Rihanna's was like, it's about Rihanna. There's no special guest. It's like, yep. and, and then the funniest thing too, was it reminded you like, how many fucking bangers Rihanna has put out in her career? Right. Like, like just, and yet and she didn't even play like, Ponda replay. And that was like her first hit. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, everything was just like, it was like, a, here's another, here's another 30 seconds of another banger that I had. Here's this other 30 seconds of a banger that I did. Like she just, and she does it all while just being the coolest motherfucker on the planet. Like, like I want her and Jalen Hurts to be married and have a life together because they're the two coolest people I think that have ever existed on planet Earth. Maybe oh. Joe Burrow in that conversation too. But um, all right, so the halftime show was sick. What else? Uh, what other notes do you have down from the Super Bowl for us, Vita? 
All right. So um, after that, I mean, most of that's the game right after that. I will say that was something weird is that the Eagles had so much momentum. Listen, it's just the fact of the game, but that halftime had taking an extra 20 minutes. Uh, then all, well, and I'll mm. before even the end of halftime, I'll say the, it's incredible the fact that they get that stage on and off. There were six minutes when that performance ended until kickoff in the second half. And I was like, they're going to cut it close. Everything was off within three minutes. Everything, everything was off. I was shocked, dude. I was like, oh my God, these guys, like, listen, if you're do anything with engineering, logistics, at whatever it is, just in awe and shock. The stage crew were the people in the white outfits too that were like running oh, on wow. the sides. There were dancers that were in the white outfits, but a lot of the crowd came in or a lot of the, the stage hands were doing that. And that's how they were easily, they stripped those off and they grabbed the stuff and ran out. It was pretty impressive. Um, after that though, yeah, the momentum shift was big. And then I, I got to fast forward a bit, if you guys don't mind, um, because the rest of the game was the rest of the game. We got into a, really all the big moments, um, but after the game, I still went. We had an Eagles after party, which security at the Super Bowl is my next note. To get to the Eagles Players Hotel, I went through three police officer stops with K-9 units where you had to turn your car off and they sniffed it. Then you had to go up. You had to be on you know, multiple lists. They take this shit seriously. And it was really, really awesome to see. What I heard from some of the players were they didn't just have a security guard in their floor. Every single room had its own security guard at the door. Think about a hotel. And they still had that. Okay. Like it, it, the security was yet, unbelievable. All, all you need to do to travel to another country is show your ID and take your belt off. <laughs> right. And, and honestly, I'm pre-check. I don't even do that second thing. Anyway, but at the, at the Eagles, at the Eagles post game, guys, I haven't even told you this yet. Cause I want to say it for this. Jeff, you'd love it. I thought of you, obviously I walk in and I'm early. Cause I, I, we left right after the kick. I was taking uh, Claire, uh, Nick and Grant's sister back to the airport. She had to fly out. So we, after the penalty was called, we kind of went behind the field goals to see it. You know, we're getting yelled at cause you got it. Can't stay there. Kick is good. We run out, get the exit, get the car, take her to the airport. And then I go right to the player thing. So I'm there early. I'm there really early. There's really no one else there. And they kind of don't know where to put me. But as I walk through the security thing, I, I, the guy was backing up the guy in front of me. They said, Hey, go back through it or whatever. And I physically run into him on accident, just bump. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. And he's like, Oh, no worries. And he goes through. And then I go through. And then we're both sitting there like, Hey man, where do we go? Like, where is the after party? And then I look, it's fucking Bradley Cooper. I physically ran into him. Me and him are wandering yes. around Me, him and one other guy. Yeah, and I literally, I was like, oh, like, you know, his beer was trimmed a little bit more. But I run to Bradley Cooper. We're walking around trying to find this thing. And then he just goes, hey, man, I'm going to – he told his friend. He's like, hey, dude, I think we should just go back up to the hotel room and, like, uh, drop our bags off and then come back down. It seems like we're early. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, man, we'll see you later. And I was like, all right. Because we were, like, walking around for, like, probably four or five minutes trying to figure out where everything was. We found one bar. We all got a beer. And then he headed out with whatever friend he was with. But that was really cool. Because I and, and I, we didn't want to, you know, it, it, he was sad after the game. You could tell in his voice, like he was just depressed as fuck. And like, you know, I wasn't in the best mood either. So it wasn't like the time to be like, 
oh hey man loved you and you know what i mean anything like that it was loves hey, you man, in that yeah, commercial hey man, the, <laughs> hey man the guy that i do the podcast with gets told he looks like you all the time you could have <laughs> showed him a picture of me to be like hey do you think this guy looks like you that could have been <laughs> the ultimate move for me That's for your, the rest oh. of my life I'm sorry, bro. That was your in. I'm sorry. And he had a great I, commercial I, with his mom uh, during the Super Bowl. It was incredible. We didn't even what a, see, yeah, we, what a, just right, a, what a fucking this. name drop. Jesus, Mike yeah. Wilbon over here. Holy shit. Oh, it's not done yet. You just, you so, just uh, ran into Bradley Cooper with no one else at the Eagles party. It's just the two of yeah. you. Just like, yeah, no. Mac. Mac is Max, probably. Watch. No, so then, then after Christ, that, Vito. there's some performers that came out. So we eat and, the play, and then the families all get there. Then the players come through. And as the players come through, that was everyone's cheering for them. I'll say this. Are they all their heads held high? Like that was a proud room. And, and all of them, all the comments I got, cause obviously Bradbury had like, it was the end of the game, the whole, like people were kind of like, Oh, what, how's that going to go? Everyone was so supportive of him. I'll say this. The one, the, the only thing I heard from any players was that guy's a pros bro. That guy is one of the best professionals in this whole industry in football. And if you think like that guy deserves every penny he's going to get this offseason, that was every guy. It was no one was ever even close to bashing him. I just want everyone to know that that guy has the respect of everybody in that room, family, friends, everything. That was incredible. But then, dude, it turns into a concert. DJ Khaled comes out. I had heard he was going to be at, at the postgame yeah. concert. Yeah. Well, he did like DJ the intros, Ka- right? On the broadcast. I think he did. He did like and the so- team intros. Yeah. He came out. That was weird because he he didn't even say we the best or another one. He just like kind of yelled over his own songs, which is a DJ being weird live, right? And then Twenty One Savage came out. Uh, that was good. And then and then, but the coolest part were just the moments, right? It's like Carter Minshew was there. We're just dancing like idiots, like everyone in our area, which was like Grant, his family, Gardner, Ian Book, and then like some of the other guys. And it was just Ian the point Book. is, is that like. Even even after the game, because you got to understand, the guys came in at first. This took like a couple hours to get there. Went from like, fuck this, like everyone's depressed, to like, let's have some drinks. Let's keep taking tequila shots to like. So we start what? having fun. There's music and at least everyone's here. We're having fun. And that brings me to probably my last point, which is really, really tough. Um, it was something that I realized after talking to some of the, the guys there was that Think think of this. Just put yourself in this situation. You guys have gone to Christmas parties or whatever, or a holiday party here or there for a company. But imagine going to a company party where you know the next meeting you have, 25% of the people won't be there. That's a really hard reality. And that's what these guys live. And thank God they have a party, right? A lot of people don't even make it this far and don't even get that last minute thing. It's like your game ends whenever you're done and everyone leaves. And yeah. It was it was really hard. You could tell on a lot of the guys, especially the younger guys, who like you know some of these guys. They're twenty free agents. Not everyone's coming back. Yeah. So it, it's a really and, and the coaches, right? They had a successful year. You obviously see the coordinators going. Man, it's it's just really tough, and you got to feel for some of those guys who, like you said, are you know like Grant, twenty three years old. There's a lot of young guys on the team. Jalen's only twenty four, and you're going to lose a lot of just experience and just uh, people around around them and their day-to-day lives. And that turnover is something when I start thinking about it in the real world, like imagine if you went to, yeah, your Christmas party. It's, it's kind of like people wouldn't come back. It's crazy. It's kind of like the party you would throw at the end of the year in college. You know, it'd be like, Hey, the, the last party or two after finals week or, you know, before finals week, 
with, you know, your, you know, whatever group you were in for me, it was like my acapella or my club baseball group, or, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of those things where it's just like, yeah, like all the older guys are moving on and we have one last night to kind of throw down. And obviously for them, it's even more sad because like they just lost the fucking Super Bowl. But it's that kind of same idea where it's like you're you're around people that you look up to, especially if you're a younger guy, um, people you've built really good relationships with. And you're like, yeah, I don't know the next time I'm going to be in the same room with this guy, you know, or this girl. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. And, and and you throw down, you have a great time. But at the same time, the, the realness of that kind of hits you in the same moment, which um, I just can't get up. So you were like grinding on the dance floor with like Gardner Minshew and then also just he was walk, walk, bro walked into i mean he's everything you would expect him to be and more like i can't i can't imagine otherwise but the bradley cooper thing like that's the that's unreal like you walked you walked in to an empty room basically and bumped into and hung out with bradley cooper for like even if it's just like five minutes like it was like yeah it felt like an hour i mean i was well no it felt real quick but it was just like because we were walking through there are three you guys know hotels like there were three ballrooms that each had a different theme and there's a whole patio. It was a beautiful setup. Uh, great job by the organization. I, again, security and, and just everything. I got to tell you guys, that's why like these Super Bowls are just a whole nother level. And I've never seen anything like this. Um, and I'm, I, I, I hope to see something like it again, but who knows, <laughs> man, you got the inside though. Cause like, even if Jeff or I ever go to the Super Bowl physically, like you did, I don't think we'll ever be a, a part of the the inside like you were. No, I just want to get Grant Cacatera on the fucking podcast. That's like at this point, that's that's the oh, most yeah. I'm hoping for. So obviously we'll let him incubate and 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 heal from that. But um hopefully we can we can I know we, we kind of promised that all season and we're never able okay. to get it done. But hopefully yeah. this this spring um 10 weeks till the draft it. boys. I, <laughs> I can't even think about it, dude. Like I'm you know and Vito you know, I don't want to just rush i mean what an unbelievable experience i'm so glad that you got to do that i know it, it could have been even more amazing uh obviously if the eagles win but still an all-time moment um an all-time mm-hmm. weekend I'm, I'm really happy you were able to get to experience that um to kind of to kind of close it out here um first off thank you to everybody who's been with us for football season um it's a long season uh it's crazy to think going all the way back to you know august right you know the preview pods and the picks and um, you know, I, what I had offensive player of the year, right? Scotty, you had defensive player of the year, right? Um, no one picked Mahomes for the MVP, but like just thinking about everything and, and we get so cyclical on this pod during football season, right? It's like, we have a formula, we kind of stick to it and, and the content changes every week, but, um, you know, it's a grind and it's a lot, um, it's a lot for all of us. And it means a lot that we've had, uh, our biggest season of growth, the most listeners we've had. So thank you to everybody who's, who's been hanging out with us and listening to us and supporting us. It obviously means the world. Um, a really cool year um, from a football perspective. I, I think it's obviously for me personally, it'll go down as a, as a um, bittersweet one, but at the same time, like everything this year, and we talked about before that the crazy comebacks, the, the, the unbelievable plays is everything we saw. I mean, there's, it's been such a weird year um, that is, I think it'll go down in history for us as, as a very, very memorable one um, for all football fans. Um, my last thing here, I'm, I'm gutted. I'm still gutted. It's going to take me a while for this one. I said to you guys before we recorded, this is the worst loss, bar none. There is no loss in sports fandom I've ever had that comes close to this. This cuts so fucking deep. Um, and what's funny is it's like Super Bowl 52 kind of put in this, this re, re, 
reinstored this this idea of like hope in your teams, right? And not something I thought I would really have much of uh, as a, as a Philly fan. And then this Super Bowl takes all of that away. <laughs> like I'm very much back to the as cynical as I could possibly be. But at the same time, um, what an unbelievable run for my guys. Uh, unbelievable run. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Sirianni, everybody. I mean, he'll be back. It hurt. It hurt. But I said to you guys, right? Like I, I ranted and, and was was pretty drunk on Sunday night. Um, but I told you guys on Monday when I woke up, like after processing it uh, and give myself kind of 24 hours, like what an unbelievable game. What, what a truly special performance it would have been really fun to watch it as an, as an objective viewer, as opposed to the version of me that is, is the Eagles fan. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, even when you lose, you, you got to hold these moments because like <clears throat> win, lose, draw, whatever, like these are, this is the shit that keeps you coming back. And Sunday was a fun freaking day, man. I had a blast. I woke up, watched the old Super Bowl, ate, ate my breakfast, had a beer, day drinking, Philly accents coming out, you know, food and, and drinks and everything else. And what was so cool is I, did, I went to the bar and the whole bar, the whole bar turned into a Philly bar. It's pretty much just because of me, because like there was like one other Eagles fan there, but everyone was just worried about my my health. And they were like, the Eagles need to win or else Jeff's going to be in, in, in some pain. And I was, but um, a really, really special, special season. Uh, and I can't thank you all enough and you two in particular as well for taking the time and, and being on the pod as much as you have been. So uh, it's going to take me some time uh, on to basketball season. I think we're going to take this Friday's pod off. So you guys are going to get one pod this week. Uh, I know I need a little bit of a reset here. Give myself a time to, to catch up. Uh, going to hopefully have some fun interviews for you guys now that we're out of the cycle of football, uh, but a lot of good stuff coming here on the pod. Enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. Uh, thank you to Scotty and Vito as always. Um, fuck you, Vito, for meeting Bradley Cooper and not showing him a picture of me. I will never <laughs> forgive you for that. Um, Sorry, bro. I, I wasn't thinking of you. I, I would say. never. No, I would never. I would never actually. It's just like that's the closest anyone. I. It's the closest I'll ever be to Bradley Cooper. And I think everyone in my life is like, just get a picture at some point in your life. Like that's a bucket list is to get a picture with Bradley Cooper. Um, yeah. But you know what? It's okay. I'm glad that you had that experience. I'm not jealous at all. And uh, and thank you again to everybody for listening. It's been a fun season. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. Well-deserved champion, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss in the coming weeks here where he kind of sits and all that. But today was not the day. Today's the day to celebrate the Chiefs. Congrats to them. Uh, and, uh, and Mahomes, man, one of the best. So for the boys, I'm Jeff. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you guys soon, uh, probably next week. And when that happens, you'll know where to find us. So take it easy, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we'll talk to you guys very soon.